Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And we're back in the rugby dungeon after a bonkers weekend of rugby, Premiership semi-finals, top 14 Mushroom Cup, World Club Cup, Mushroom Cup final, Trans-Tasman Games, and all sorts of other stuff going on. Which Loads we'll, of stuff. Which we'll get into. Hello, JB. Hello, Tim. Nice sail sharks clobber you got on there, mate. I, with this whole thing, I just threw it on. How you doing, Phil? Hello, Tim. Very good, thank you. Uh, I didn't ask. I, d- I just said hello, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, anyway. Uh, Thank you for not asking, Tim. So, so I don't think I'm not sure if YouTube picked up this conversation before, but Tim just said that his YouTube is full of things like big lifts. We're on YouTube, by the way. Yeah. There's people streaming, uh, watching right now. Hello, leave a little comment, leave a message. Uh, Burge Takarian, for example, a Queens fan. Out, Queens were outstanding. Best match I've ever been at. You were there. Oh, what a game to have been at. We'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, hit like. And leave your comments in the live chat. If you're listening on the podcast, hit subscribe wherever you get yours. Continue, JB. Sorry. Yeah. So Tim made the point that he's all his YouTube suggestions now are just big lifts because you've been watching big, big lift videos. The thing is, we share a YouTube channel because we've got the Egg Chase one. So you've got your personal one. But I tend to find that I'm still logged into the Egg Chasers one. And I've, I've also been watching big lifts. So I'm wondering... Have you been influencing my decisions on what I watch? Have you been watching much naval mil- military history, Tim? No, not that, but I think potentially you're right. We we both separately happen to be watching lift stuff, and it's only spiralling our interest. Exactly. We're, we're skewing the algorithm for each other. So here's the thing, right? Say if you want to manipulate someone, like a partner or a friend, um, get onto their YouTube and just watch the things that you want them to watch. Yeah, now, that, now that's a good idea. That, I mean, it's a little bit creepy, but it seems to work for me and Tim. It is. I mean, it's, got... it's less creepy than whispering things in their sleep, hoping it will subconsciously <laughs> yeah, yeah. get into their mind. Isn't it actually, in a way, exactly the same? It, it's very similar. <laughs> it's it's very definite similar. parallels. So, anyway, it's, just, it's just a thought. In summary, we're on YouTube. Um, yes. So, yeah, uh, this weekend, absolutely bonkers game of rugby. Uh, games of rugby, so good. Um, are you right there, Phil? Yeah, Shutting um, the door because there's a, I think there's a tum- tumble dryer doing its thing. Yeah, something is draining outside. Yeah, <laughs> outside I, the room. I actually didn't watch either of the two Premiership semi-finals live. That's incredible. Why? Because I was I was away on a, like a family weekend down at my dad's, my, my brother and my sisters. But and all you all have the watched kids them, right? I've watched them. Yeah. Um, but as it turned out, did you know how Joe Marler got to the game? Maserati. 
<laughs> Even more Quincy than that. Yeah, I assume. Two Maseratis? Well, I, I assume he drove his Mas- Maserati a couple of miles down the road to where it was safe to land a helicopter. Yeah. Ah. And he got a helicopter to the he game. Got, he got, And he got my uh, dad, and where we were this weekend was just outside or close to Tonbridge in Kent, which, as it turns out, <laughs> is where Joe Marler lives. And that is where he got a helicopter from to North Bristol what something or other uh, somewhere to uh, to get to the game because they had uh, the birth of their fourth child oh congratulations to Joe Marler so congratulations to Joe Marler so he arrived by helicopter to a premiership final a uh, premiership semi-final to get his team to a final think he'll take the helicopter to the final yeah just superstition <laughs> superstition <laughs> I reckon from, from the stoop go to the stoop park him then get the helicopter to Twickenham and, and, and he played Almost the full 100 minutes, didn't he? He was magnificent. He was yeah. immense. That's one of the best performances of a player I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And Particularly it, like when you consider what he does. Yes, and he was still going at it. Like Obviously, Sinclair got brought off after 45, 50 minutes. A FOA comes on. So it's two top-quality tight heads that he's against. And after 80, 90 minutes, he was still going strong. So I had your words, Phil, ringing in my ears when I was watching Joe Marler. And it was regarding what you said about the, the cyclists who went as far as they could and then they offered 500 quid and they went a little bit further. Yeah. Because they do rotate these props as if, like, this is the wisdom of doing doing it now. Like, that's just what happens. And I'm wondering whether, if you've just got a great guy on there, if you just just keep the great guy on there. Yeah, it, it, it all depends on individuals. Because like, some guys are conditioned to only be able to play kind of 60-plus minutes. 60 or less minutes. Um, other guys, like Marler, is, like everyone talks, I've heard Eddie Jones talking in the past about just how dedicated he is, particularly for his strength training and his, mm. his fitness training. And if you've got a guy like that who is still doing it after 60, 70, 80, 90 minutes, you don't need to take him off. No. Why, why, why would and, you? And it's not like it was... Uh... Not a lung-busting game to have played in. Like the, not the sort of place. The sort of place where you think, "Oh, a, a prop in a wide channel will get exposed." But actually, Marlow made some amazing smart. covering tackles. Yeah, and he's smart enough not to find himself exposed very much. Yeah. He, but also, you look at other guys. So, like two guys who are really fit um, in totally different positions. But um, Semi Randrandra was cramping, and Harry Thacker was cramping. I, I know Thacker's missed a lot of the season because um, because of injuries. But he's a fit guy. He moved from the front row to the back row um, because of ah, injuries and it? changes. Yeah, because yeah. they brought Cape, Cape on. on. Because Thomas dropped out before the warm-up. Yeah. And Tom- they'd already had their other back row on anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and one of the things that Pat Lamb did probably a bit too early was start making changes, non-injury-related changes, hmm. because he thought the game was over. So, like, taking Sinclair off after 45 minutes to give him a rest. Before we get too deep into the game, um, I, I just on... on in lieu of pretty much nothing, I learned a new rule today. I didn't realise. Did you know that if you lose a player to a HIA because of foul play, you get another replacement that you can just I'm so glad on the bench? So glad you said rule. Because I thought I was going to correct you and say, no, it's a law. But you are right, it's a rule. Rules the competition, laws the game. Mm, I didn't know that. As happened in the... When Richard Capstick for Exeter... I had to go off with an HIA because Manu Tuolangi clocked him in the face and sent his chin to Cornwall. Um, yeah, I, I only knew that because Nick Mellon told me. They got an extra, yeah. I didn't know that. They got an extra player on the bench. Did they? Yeah. yeah. So that happened in the first form. Well, they yeah, an extra player on the bench, but presumably you can make, you can bring on a sub and then reverse that sub. Can you? 
No, no, no. As in, you as got in an you extra, had a twenty-fourth. You had a twenty-fourth man. What, so the guy just goes and gets changed. So the guy just goes and gets changed, and then well, well they have loads of travelling replacements. Yeah, and spare, that's what I mean. They're like, yeah. you get on the bench. Yes, I believe so. No, unless I've got that wrong. That's as I interpret it. I do say it's like you can make an extra change. Yeah, but, so like I take you off, but then I can put you back on. Like an interchange. Yeah. That's why I use. Oh, always, okay. Maybe you can it's always that. do that. You can always do that for an HIA. Yes, you can always replace someone for a HIA, but you can only replace them with someone who has not gone off as injured, has gone off as a tactical yes. sub. Which was the, as the we whole found thing out. that <laughs> Pat, Pat Lamb was trying to exploit, which is the whole thing that Bloodgate um, was trying to ex- exploit all those years ago as well. Oh, I, 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 hey, someone tell me if I've got that right or wrong. As I say, I didn't watch the game live because of family and stuff, and I watched, yeah. but I believe I that's what they said. They, they did say that. I don't know how to interpret it. Maybe your interpretation's okay. right. I don't know. I just think it'd be weird to say, yeah, we'll get that guy. That guy? Yeah. Get that guy. And it, it, is it still the same after... Because that was after three, four minutes. Presumably, if it's a, a rule, it's still the same after 74 yeah. minutes. Yeah. In which case, you call up someone else who wasn't playing for yeah. the preceding get warm 73 minutes. very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be weird to see him warming up, <laughs> like getting, you know, th- throwing off his shirt and tie, trying to borrow some boots off someone. <laughs> be very that, level eight. six pints. <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> about you want to get him on? <laughs> right, I'll tell you what. Uh, so, Joe Marler became a father for the fourth time. Congratulations. The swagger he must have had walking back in home oh. after that. Amazing. But I've got, as it's Father's Day, happy Father's Day, gents. I'm sure you, yeah. were, oh, yes, sure you were well looked after today, uh, the pair uh, of you. <laughs> <laughs> I just find Father's Day another excuse for people to spend my time how I don't want it spent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've actually got a game uh, that we can play, a, a quick uh, Father's Day related game. So, Okay. Oh, oh yes, please. I'm going to uh, give you t- t- some names and you're going to tell me who, what the surname is of the father and son... Sl- Slash sons. Okay. Okay. So, so the surname. E- easy to start with it. I'll go Phil first. Owen and Andy. <laughs> Farrell. Right. JB. Emil and Roman. Intermac. Correct. Uh, well, well, who's, well, who's the who's the younger Intermac? Who's just he played oh, for yeah, France right. in the twenties this weekend yeah. as a flanker. Yes, I did notice this. I can't remember who it is. I though. can't remember his name. Yeah, Francois or something. Yeah. Whatever his name is, young Intermac, nineteen-year-old Intermac. Uh, okay. Uh, Phil. Nick, Ben, Tom. Uh, Youngs. Correct. JB. Mm-hmm. Mike, Joe, George. And Jacob Ford. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> right, we'll get, we'll get a little bit trickier now. Uh, Phil, only a little bit. Jim and Harry. Jim and Harry. Um, Malinder. Correct. Oh, very, oh, yes, good. I'm thinking brothers, yes. What, 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 um. Yeah, JB. Brian and Cameron. Redpath. Correct. And there's a younger Redpath as well, isn't there? It, who's oh, is there? nine Uh-oh. or Scotland under-20s. Well, let's just hope that uh, Bath don't buy him out of his contract anytime soon, <laughs> if he's any good. All right. Or for but, him, let's hope they do. Yes. Quite, yeah. <laughs> more, more money. We're equal so far. Getting a little bit trickier still, I think. Ooh. Phil. Alex and Rob. Oh, sorry, sorry. Rob and Alex. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh. If anyone in the chat can get it, I'm I'm looking. Rob and Alex. Rob and Alex. Dad Rob, son Alex. Son Alex, right, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll put the dads first. Dad, yeah. Dad Rob. We'll come back to that. Uh, yeah. I'm... 
I'll, pu- I'll pass. I'll leave you thinking about that. JB, um, George and Gary. Graham. Yeah, that's, Correct. that's an easier one. <laughs> Correct. Um, we have got someone in the live chat that's got it right. Ooh. Uh, to the Bill, do you want to have a guess? Rob, I'm going to say... Andrew. Ooh. Uh, I don't really uh, no, know. No, it's, uh, it's Rob and Alex Lazowski. Well done, Tom B. I've never oh. got that. God. Yeah, Alex yeah. Lazowski's dad played for England. Did did wow. not know that? Yeah. I think I think I have heard that, but I would not have got that. JB's in the lead. Phil, your next one is... Um, oh, these are really tough when you just get the names. What a shame. I'm going to make it interesting now. Go on. Diane Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Young. Correct. Uh, JB, Paul and Ross. Paul. Paul is the dad, yeah? Yeah. Paul and Ross. Ross is the son. Yeah, I think I've got that. Ooh. Ross. Paul. I think. Don't know. Phil, what do you think? Moriarty. Correct. Oh, Moriarty. God, that's obvious. <laughs> um, so I take the lead with that? No, you draw him. No, because I got another one right. I don't even know where we're at right now. The last one, first person to get it right, just say your answer when you got it. Paul and James. uh, Grayson. Correct, Phil. He takes it. You didn't go for Simon Steve. Simon Steve. Diamond. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? (laughs) The comms, the head of comms at Sale and the former director of rugby. We haven't heard anything more about Steve Diamond and his house hunting in um, Gloucestershire, have we? All channels are quiet. Hmm. Oh well, right. Let's, let's let's get into some rugby then. Uh, should we start with that Quinns game? Let's. We can't start anywhere Absolutely else. Absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, it's, it's hard. It's really. I, hard I mean, to... I mean. Let's just be clear. It's no Bath Three Sale Six. It, but... No, it's, it's definitely not. <laughs> it's hard to know where to where to start with it because it's such a such an opposite game from the first half to the second. I, I I'm not even sure that. I mean, did the Quinns play well or did Bristol? Just falls to pieces. I, I honestly well, can't work it out. Let's do it chronologically. So, for that first 28 minutes, but but really the majority of the first half, Bristol looked incredible. Mm. Like Bristol were, everyone was making metres. Everyone was getting great yards. They were dominant in the tackle. Quinns had no ball. Quinns couldn't do anything with what little ball they had. It was just totally, totally, totally one-sided. Yeah. And then... Think there's a few changes. Like um, Quinn started to get a little bit more purchase, but nothing really in that first half. The only real attacking opportunity that Quinn's had in that first half was the try um, on 38 or 39 minutes, which was by a, a Bristol mistake that Don Brandt switched on to and no, none of the Bristol players did. So that gave them a tiny little lifeline. But I still I went into halftime thinking, there is no chance, there is no way that Quinn's have got any route back into this because Bristol they just need to shore up and do what they were doing I'd love to know what the odds are oh I can tell you what well the odds are at half time yeah they were 40 to 1 because I put a, put, a, put a bet on <laughs> but, but of course you didn't get the payout because no. it finished technically a draw exactly <sighs> so you're a bolder man than I because I thought I thought Quinn's had no way back and even when Quinn scored that so they scored again uh, 41 minutes on the clock Quinn score again and even then I thought no chance, because Bristol are just going to solidify, they're going to shore up, go back to how they know how to play, and they're going to win this comfortably. But then Bristol started making changes, and they started changing a few players in and out 
it almost came off as if they wanted to rest players for the fight for the inevitable final. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! And then you start thinking. Um, do you think, there's, a, do you think there's potentially any truth in that? Could, could, <gasps> yeah. Do you think there's an be. element of hubris? I, I, I bit th- them in the ass. I think a little bit. Well, okay. Yeah. Wow, I'd not even thought of that. But when you look at the changes and when they happened and who so, they were, so there, there is. So if you look at the timeline here, so Piatel goes off for a HIA. So that is obviously not yeah. a an enforced change. Yeah. Lloyd, Ewan Lloyd came on, didn't look particularly good. Threw a, a couple of dodgy passes and, and got caught out positionally a couple of times. But then after that, so they change <laughs> Jonathan and Sinclair round. Now Sinclair can play more than forty six minutes, so. That feels like a resting mm. resting position. Joe Joyce comes on for Dave Atwood, fifty three minutes. Randall Yuren, maybe one A one B. Yeah, so I disagree. I I agree and simultaneously disagree. Okay, so of course I do think that Bristol definitely made some changes to rest people. I also think, and this is one of the thoughts I had when I was considering how is this game going to pan out in the second half, which is. How do Harlequins dig, them out, dig themselves out, out this hole? And the answer is not using the bench, because the bench just isn't, it's just not there. And I look at the Bristol bench, and I'm thinking, at, there's a chance that in some, in some aspects of the game, Bristol could improve. Like a tiring Sinclair, John Othoa, that's fine. I mean, Othoa's been one of the best players yeah, yeah. in the entire league. It's not like you're downgrading, it's not, you're not bringing no, no. on the, you know, the academy kid. So no issues with that. Same with, I mean, Randall is their better nine for a lot of people, and that it little depends. S- depends what you want them to do. Yeah, but he has definitely been awesome this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've, yes. I've loved. I've but loved. So was Ramble until his injury. Yeah. He was on, you yeah. know, in England. Oh, court. agreed. Yeah, uh, Piers but, O'Connor. Piers O'Connor's a superb player. Yeah, now he came on for Morahan. Yes, um, which is an interesting one. Yeah, that that raised an eyebrow to me. Yeah. So I, and and taking your captain. Stephen Lua tour off with, with 20, now, minutes, yeah. with 20 yeah. minutes to go for Jake Keenan. Particularly um, the Moraham one, particularly when the key linchpin in your backfield, Sir Charles, is out of action. You sort of want as, as little... Yoan Lloyd and Piers O'Connor in your back three. I mean, great, excellent players, but it's yeah, a yeah. very, very different field, particularly when you've got Marcus Smith who can tap to, and Danny Kerr, who between them have got great range and tactical kicking. So let's rewind this game to the very start of the first half. This is what I wrote down on my notes, anyway. I thought that Bristol were superb, or indeed Harlequins terrible, whichever way you look at it, <laughs> at the breakdown. So they couldn't secure their own breakdown ball, and because they couldn't secure their own breakdown ball, couldn't get a quick ball, couldn't get a quick ball, couldn't get over, get over the game line. And it's kind of like Rugby 101. Even though both these teams are renowned for their amazing attacking rugby... What they both needed in order to score is the most simple of all things, which is get over the gain line. That's right. all they needed. And Harlequins could not for the life of them get over the gain line. I mean, they actually had some reasonable territory, uh, particularly about t- seven to ten minutes they got into the Bristol half. But they couldn't get the ball back and they were committing five guys to breakdowns. Whatever it was, it just wasn't working for them. They weren't go- going forward. And until they start going forward, this game is basically dead. So whatever the change was they made at half-time, whatever they said, I'm pretty sure it must have all evolved around the very basics of rugby, which is get over the game line, look after your breakdown. That's basically it. That is all of rugby. And then they can start bu- uh, uh, building on the things they, they do well. One of our listeners was there, Burge, and he said, Quinns, Quinns were not bad, but Breeze were incredible. I believe never, never died, though. The, he says the energy of the fans was truly, truly incredible. And at half-time, 
they, the Harlequins fans, were talking about winning it. Honestly, he says honestly. We were talking wow. about winning, it. which is uh, that's, I mean that's bold. That is bold. Yeah, yeah. fair, fair play. Because I, I still even even when Quinns went. Uh, it went twenty four, twenty eight, didn't it? Yeah. And I was like, I, even then, I was like, no, they're not going to do. It. Like they've they've blown, they've put too much into this twenty minute period. But no, I was totally, totally wrong. I had too much faith in Bristol. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna back up my chat now. This is not just with hindsight. I actually did this. I did put on a five pound bet at half time, forty to one odds. Didn't win it because, of course, it was a draw. Draw at full time. So I did think fair play. There was a chance what for a draw. They must have been crazy. God knows. Yeah. God knows more, more than that because normally a draw would sit about twenty to one. Yeah. But when one team is um, an uneven number of points ahead. Uh, 20, 23 points ahead. Like the likelihood of that happening. Unlikely. Very, very unlikely. Oh, by the way, uh, Martin Lewis is uh, messaged in the live chat going, I know JB would really want to know. Uh, Joe Marler flew in a Bell 206 Jet Ranger. Oh, thanks. Helicopter. Thanks. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, and uh, just in response to that, um, I'd like to point out to Martin that my models, which is asked about, are a Seafire and they're also a uh, Hawker Sidley t- uh, Typhoon. <laughs> personal, personal in joke. Um, uh, yeah, so. One of the reasons that I thought it's more than likely dead, but it's worth a go at 40 to 1, is because if you were going to construct a team from the ground up and you had unlimited money, like what would be the first three players that you'd sign? Not the actual people, but what positions? Fly uh, half. Fly half. Tight head prop. Number eight. Yeah, but all, all 15. Number so, eight, yeah. So yeah. Of, those, of those four positions, tight, tight head prop, number eight. Fly half, 15. Yeah, so I'd go 9-10 or 10-9, with, with, yeah. like, with, whichever. Well, and, I kind of feel like with those two, you can you can spend a lot of money on one and have a, a, a very adequate but not special... That is true, actually. Um, like um, a, a great one can make the other one great. Exactly, a complimentary and two partner. great ones, is that just overkill? It, it can be, yeah. yeah do they, They're yeah. both trying to do really flashy stuff all the time. And if you can't get a great tight head, for whatever reason... Best option is to get a really amazing loose head to nullify the great tight head you couldn't get. Yeah, yeah. So Quinns do have a bloody good tight head and a bloody good loose head. Yeah. So just the fact that Marcus Smith was on the field, the fact that Danny Kerr was on, Kerr was on the field, I thought there's always this chance. There's always, always a chance. And Dombrant and Tyrone Green. Yeah, magical. I love Dombrant. I absolutely love Dombrant. Filthy hands, <laughs> unbelievable running angles. I, I talk yeah. all, I talk all the time about his. His rugby brain. I think in English rugby, he's got the best rugby brain. But do you not think he did something different this game? But particularly second half. I what I liked about his performance was, yeah, he did that Don Brandt classic thing when he hits an amazing line and the, you know he's steam, steaming through. Awesome. Lewis Liner tried that, that, that try. line, and it was not just the line; it was the nous to then kind of stop, check, change his angle to buy himself time for Lewis Liner to join him, and then the pass. It, that was. Brilliant. So that yeah, that's all ace. But you know we can do that. But what I liked about it is he started playing like a proper eight. Like he started being very physical. He started lowering his shoulder. He started doing really cool, hard, hard graft. It's funny you mentioned Lewis Liner because Lewis Liner I watched the other week at sale at sale when he came over, and I thought Harlequins were woeful. The only bright spot. I didn't do that um, uh, in the father and son thing. Yeah, Michael and Lewis. Michael and Lewis. Uh, I was expecting that one. Yeah. Um, you put me off now. Sorry, you saw him. You uh, saw yeah, him at sale. Yeah. Liner playing against Sale, and 
he was the only bright spot. Just the way he plays just doesn't give up. Very, very gritty. Pretty tough player, actually. Mm. Uh, he's, a, he's a talented player. So in the first half, I thought the only guys who had even a semblance of a good half were Liner and Kenningham. I thought Kenningham was really good. Kenningham did have a, have a good game. Yeah. So, so uh, am I right? There was someone with a really annoying horn in the crowd. <laughs> if that was a Bristol fan, for that alone, I would. I'm glad that Quinns have made it because I wouldn't want that uh, yeah. spoiling the final Harlequins. I also love that this happened just after the real dull England Scotland football match. So any, anyone that wanted a bit <laughs> yeah. of weekend sport, like oh god, what an absolute ball ache that game was last night. Let me flick this on, and they saw that. Love it. Well, I mean, Incredible. they might have turned off after forty. To be fair, yeah. No, this is they probably lost their water one sided. Yeah. Probably lost all their all, all their audience. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I just think Wayne Barnes has got to get. Lot of credit again because uh, he there's something about Wayne Barnes. He the number of times he's involved in some epic and it's often very very long games with free rugby in them. Yes, yeah. The number number of games he's involved in it's not just a coincidence. He um, he lets the boys play. Now I th- I thought he was magnificent for the entire game until 101 minutes when I think he got the, the last call wrong, and I, I actually think he discharged his duty and basically passed it on to the TMO. Which one was this? Oh, yeah, so, the final, so the final try, Mar- Joe Marchant scores in the corner for the final try, which yes. in the run-up to that, Piat- um, Luke Northmore hits Siali yeah. Piatau hard. They allow it to play to score the try and then they go to the TMO and the TMO, Wayne Barnes basically says to the TMO, does he hit um, shoulder to chest or shoulder to head? And the TMO says, there is no contact with the head. Which I think is the wrong. I can't see how you come to that conclusion, Neil. There is. It's at least a penalty, isn't it? It's it's at least a penalty. Minimum. It's. I, uh, there is there is contact with the shoulder at, at exactly the same time. Luke Northmore's shoulder to Charlie uh, Pietau's chest and jaw, head, neck area. Yeah. So that, in my mind, should have been, in fact. I think at least a yellow card, and potentially given the force it was, potentially a red card, which would have given us even more free rugby, because it would have wiped off the Harlequins' um, try. try yeah. yeah, it would have wiped off their their final try. Bristol would have been two points behind. Quinns would have then had a man in the bin or permanently sent off. And there's time to play. Bristol can actually win it because all they need then is a penalty or another try. Yeah, to and win it. but Bristol are playing with thirteen at this point, aren't they? Uh, did it down to 13? Yeah, because Semi goes off, 14, and I think Thacker then picks up an injury. He, he was struggling And he goes, cramp. so that, that's why Marchant goes over, because they're down to 13. There's, there's no one left. Yeah. Um, we could have had a few more bits of rugby. But, so, I, I think I think Bristol fans will be frustrated at that. Well, But they should be more <laughs> yeah. frustrated they will be as, as we say yeah. all the time, as we say all the time, you can't blame an incident that happens at the end of a game because you, there are eighty minutes, or in this case, a hundred hundred one minutes. One hundred one. Yeah, it yeah. was two two well, lots of ten at the end. Two lots of ten. Yeah, yeah. Pick your battle. That's what I'm yeah. saying. If you yeah. think that the high the high shot was the reason that your team's not going through, look at the, the how many twenty eight point lead that you squandered. Uh, twenty eight points. Wow. What about this Bristol team then? Is it fundamentally flawed? So. I don't believe so. I don't. I, I think they made some m- mistakes with the changes. Um, they won the Challenge Cup. They finished top in regular season. So I, I yeah. think on that basis alone, you you the, the last since November when they won the Challenge Cup, and then over twenty two games of a Premiership season being the best team. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I, I think actually, 
people like to frame this question as uh, like they like to say, I really hope Bristol or Harlequins win it because it shows us a different way to play rugby. And I don't think that's a re- very good question because there's obviously different ways to play rugby. And I think, you know, you play this game several times, Bristol probably win, you know, six out of seven. Yes. You know, it, it, yeah, yeah. It, they're not. If they weren't getting into the top four, then they would be fundamentally flawed. Yes. But actually, you know, it's like the John Gruden thing. He used to say that I don't have a problem because I get to the playoffs every single year. Eventually, they will win one. I'm still pretty sure that eventually Bristol will win one. And even if they don't win one, there's only one team that can do it any uh, yeah. every year anyway. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're fun- fundamentally flawed. I think they will be r- ruining this missed opportunity because it was there for the taking. What I will say, I was the, the, what I had ringing in my ears as Quinns were basically winning this game, scoring all those tries later on, was um, something that the Bristol players have been saying, which is trust your processes. Now, what I mean by that is when we spoke about kind of Bristol saying trust the processes where they won games late on early in the season, is if you. If you're a ninety percent line out te- line out winning team and you miss three line outs on the bounce, that doesn't mean that you should rip everything up and start again. It means you are more likely to win nine out of the next ten line outs because you're going to trend to the mean. Yes, quite. For the first twenty eight minutes or for the first thirty nine minutes of this game, Bristol everything went in Bristol's favour. The bounce of the ball went to Bristol, the gaps went to Bristol when Bristol picked a pass and Quinn's read a defence. Bristol found the gap and Quinns missed the, the tackle. But it was always going to trend towards the, the mean. Quinns were going to get those chances. What happened, though, is Bristol, they, in my head, Bristol forgot about that trend into the mean. They forgot to trust the process and trust that, no, Quinns are not uh, 28 points worse off than Bristol. They're, they're maybe five, off, five points off worse off than Bristol and they forgot about all that at the end of an every at the end of an average 80 correct to where these points that, come do you know from. what that is yeah. an, um, that is an absolutely brilliantly put articulately done eloquently argued uh, way of uh, basically doing a statistical uh, <laughs> version of what coaches have done since time immemorial at half time nil nil, 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 nil yeah <laughs> boys it's nil nil I guess that is the the message of the Quins though isn't it when they come out First yeah. things first, do your most simple job. Get over the game line, look look after your breakdown. And then maybe Marcus can do something. Yeah. Maybe Don Brandt can do something. Maybe something can happen. Um just to push back a bit on you know, reverting to the mean, maybe over the course of a game so I always think so this is a conversation which I had with a, a coach of mine, and I mentioned it the the other day actually, which is he would he would say, Okay, we are we're in a half time, we're three tries up. They might score three, but there's no way that we're not going to score th- score three. And I think that that's just not that's not not how it works. Yeah, that, so I wouldn't say that. I w- and that's exactly my point. That coach would have looked back and say, "Oh, in the first 28 minutes, we've scored um, four tries. Therefore, over the next 28 minutes, we're going to score another four tries, and the following 28, we'll score another four tries after that." I'm, I, that's exactly not what I'm saying. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, are we talking about Saracens v Ealing now? Sorry. <laughs> I, I guess the most important point about this is for Harlequins to actually believe that. Yeah. That's the most important part, because if yeah. they don't believe that, well, there's no reverting back to anything. No, and Bristol almost believed the opposite. Bristol believed that, well, we scored four tries in the first 20 minutes, therefore we are going to just keep scoring tries. Mm-hmm. How do they not keep scoring tries? I just don't... So I, that, that does remind... So I actually listened to, because BT Sports' website was down for the first half an hour. What? Another cyber attack, is it? Perhaps. 
But so I was listening to it on um, BBC Radio Bristol. Oh, with, okay. Uh, Gareth Chilcott doing the coochie the comms. I have to. I have to share this bit of audio because it's. Oh yes, Phil. It's absolutely. It's a. Oh. One sec. Sorry. Let me. Um, let me mute us. <laughs> which was running in the background. Oh, I've right. got an incredible story about content on my laptop, which played once it shouldn't have played. So let me let me hold this. So listen to this. This is this is after twenty eight minutes. This is when Max Mellins had just scored his second try. And let me make sure this is turned up to eleven. Eleven. Spinal tap. Yeah. And and BBC iPlayer. Does it go up to eleven? It does. That's that, that's got to be an internal BBC joke. There. It is. Yeah. Right. See if you can hear this. Can he bring this one round? Yes, he can. Bristol Bears fans who are listening, I am not making this up. 28 minutes gone, Bristol 28, Harlequins nil. Well, by my reckoning, that's 160 nil then by the end of the game. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh no! He was my favourite player when I when I first got into rugby. Gareth Chilcott was my favourite. He, he player. seems like the kind of guy who might have a VHS of his, his greatest scrums or you know, one of his stocking fellas. I bet he did. I bet he did actually. He did. Yeah. No, he did. He, he very much did. In fact, I mean, I don't even know. Can I mention the program? I wrote into a well. Um, Jim will fix it. Yeah. <laughs> I went to ask to train with the Bath Rugby Club and um, and Gareth did, Chilcott. I must have been seven or eight. If it, if only you were hotter. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I'm going to change subject. <laughs> uh, and uh, Gas Maschio uh, on uh, on our YouTube feed has said, "I see the Greenwood Quinn shirt is still up." It, it oh is. yeah, it's funny you should say that. Tell that story. Very good point. Yes. So yes, so we are on patreon.com forward slash egg chasers where we uh, really, really appreciate the support for the podcast, which is enabling us to do live shows. More on that in a little bit to do uh, to make sure. Well, we actually get this little feed coming out to you regularly with um Well, I was going to say no problems, but with <laughs> occasional problems with with occasional uh, issues rather than lots rather than lots of issues. Uh, but um, the person who won the shirt giveaway which we do monthly with our uh, patrons, uh, of that um, amazing, genuine Will Greenwood Harlequin shirt, old school as you like, was Bob Sugden. Yes. We got an email from Bob. We did. Very happy to have won. Very grateful. And Phil, do you want to summarise what he said? So yeah, he said um, that he he strongly believes, because it is such an iconic shirt, uh, such an incredible shirt, that it should go to a Quinns fan. Um and um, also, because he is in Switzerland, training for uh, Switzerland's the over-45 Switzerland touch team who are heading to Portugal later in the year. Love it. It's actually incredibly difficult for us to send it to him. So for, for those two reasons, um, he said he would like it to go to someone more deserving. What an unbelievable gesture. Abs- I, I, absolutely. It doesn't surprise me in the least. That's yes. only what we've come to expect from... Uh, from Egg Chasers listeners, um, and Bob, uh, you're a good man. And so I think what we're going to say is we have an email address, contact eggchasers at gmail.com. Give us a little pitch. Why should th- that iconic Will Greenwood shirt, and it is, what era are we talking? It's when they were kind of... Um, 90s, mid-90s? Yeah, mid-90s. So it's when he would have been playing for England. 
Yeah. Late, yeah. I think it might be his... Well, hang on. Maybe late 90s, I reckon. I think that might be from his first stint in Harlequins, because he had two stints there. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, he started there, and then... Uh, no, no. Yeah? He started there, and then, then where do you go? Leicester. Yeah, and then went yeah. back. Yeah. So the fact that it's so, NEC Harlequins... So I had a chat to Mark Evans about this. So when Mark Evans took over, that must have been like... That must have been that time frame. Because one of the one of the cool stories, well, cool stories. One of the stories I like is when Mark Evans t- took over. Like NEC were the sponsor, and the Harlequins basically had not much of an identity. Incl- and one of the first things he did was remove the NEC logos or the colours from the posts and paint them into into Harlequins c- colours. So it must have been at about that time. Right. So I'm, I'm just yeah. And by the way, it's enormous that shirt. I'm not joking. Is, I mean, Greenwood is a is a big bloke, isn't he? Uh, not that big. I wouldn't have thought. I mean, no, it was it was the style, wasn't it? Wore it a bit baggy then. No, no, you don't understand him. <laughs> Let's come down. You do not understand. Oh, that is um, that is massive. Wow. Yeah, Greenwood's not wow. that big. <laughs> oh yeah, they were NEC Harlequins. Mizuno was the kit manufacturer. JB's putting it on and is going to be a bit of duct tape on there. Oh, no, we might be able to get a, a, a an idea. <laughs> what, what's the what's the badge on the sleeve of the um the Premiership thing? Yeah. Is it on the side or is it Challenge Cup or something? Have a look. Yeah, Premier, Premier Rugby. Premier Rugby. Back in the day. Now, I don't think I don't think Will Skelton fits into this, and that's a genuine. <laughs> that is genuine. It is huge. I'm, I'm what close enough? Well, somewhere between about ninety something kg, right? Uh, Will Greenwood's a big bloke, but he's not this big. Yeah, yeah. N- nobody I know that is this been, bloke. That would have been hanging off him. If you Aurelio wore, Tonio. If you wore it oh. in a game. <laughs> so there you go. It, it needs to go to a great home. And thanks to the generosity and humility of Egg Chasers listeners, uh, contact eggchasers at gmail.com. S- uh, send us a picture with an email. Why should it be you or someone that you know or whatever? Yeah, Let give us, us a reason. Reason, a reason. It. And we'll leave it open. I mean, being a Quinns fan is a good reason, but if you've got a better reason for it, like. It's going to go to somebody else, basically. If you've got another selfless gesture, let us know. Uh, two more things from the uh, Bob Sugden email. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he did say thank you very much for talking about his beloved Wharfdale, which we obviously fantastic. You played at Wharfdale. I've, I've, played, I've played at Wharfdale. I played Newbury. against Wharfdale, but not for maybe for the reasons that you think. It was a sevens tournament oh, okay. in Anglesey, uh, nice. and they smashed everybody. Yeah, all, all I remember is they had a whole a pack that were just full of men with those, those you know those farmers arms massive <laughs> farmers are forearms yes the forearms but farmers don't really do biceps do they they do forearms they do forearm curls yeah I, I know this because I've played against basically a whole team of farmers called Nant Conway and they are all I don't know 80 kgs and below and hard as you like and strong as wiry strong mm. and they're all uniform heights uniform weights from props to 15 Stacking cows. On the live chat, JB, cows. it has been noticed when you got up to get the shirt off it, off the wall, it has been noted that you're uh, an, an appreciative uh, that you're not wearing shoes and socks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> they've, 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 they've seen. Hold on, before we move back into the rugby, you, you said, oh, I've got a story about uh, something being played on my laptop inappropriately. Oh, yeah. So back in the day, I'm all right to share something. So I used to work for a um, financial services company in City Centre and we, we had a training day where the tech people would come in and they would, well, they basically get everyone's laptops and they would put it on to a screen and would use the latest software. And I had a company a company laptop. And I was, what, 21? This is like my first proper job in the, in the city centre. 
my <laughs> my housemate borrowed my laptop, and this is back in the day <laughs> where you didn't have an internet connection because that was just a little bit pricey on your sixteen grand a year salary. Just it's just a little bit too much. Um, but we did have um, an old laptop with a little CD-ROM drivey thing. Nice. So uh, I'm in this meeting, and they pass me a CD to load on this software. And as I open it, it was like I don't know whatever. Um, Whatever adult title that you would care to get, like, care to think, but I basically got. Um, no, I a, feel like we should we should paint the picture. Let's go yeah. with. Yeah, uh, I mean, you 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 can make up the title of whatever. It was. I can tell you right Lord now. Lord of her rings. Yes. Yeah. Lord of her rings. Yes. That's exactly, exactly what it was. But <laughs> some might call it a feature. Some might call it a bug. I open up the disc tray, see this thing, panic, and slam it shut. Then I realized, fuck. It's got autoplay. <laughs> so, I, so I, I actually, I actually pulled the battery out, like out, like out the laptop. Pull, 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 pull out the power. Pulled out the battery, and said, "Oh, um, it's broken. I just need to nip out and see, CIT, see, uh, yeah, see, I, the IT guy." And they fell for it. Uh, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. I said, "Look, it does this all the time, but Anthony upstairs knows how to fix this." <laughs> Oh, lethal, lethal That's stuff. Awesome. Well, the, the other things that Bob Sugden mentioned were he also played at Cambridge, uh, Ooh, oh, Blood, oh, and, Blood right. and Sand, which is a very good rugby cup. Yeah. Uh, and he has done us, he's very kindly done us a quiz, which we will play in a future um, episode. Week. Yeah, next week, which is English Rugby International or First World War General. Wonderful. One, oh, I love that. And also... Yes. Um, Martin, if you're listening, I, I got your uh, quiz uh, on email as well. And yes, that's 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 going to be lined up. Don't you worry. Thank you very much. Yep. Uh, before we get into it, remember, it is the North Dorset Sevens. Come, come watch us. What date is that, Tim? 24th, 25th of July, that weekend. The, the weekend of the first Lions Test, which is going to be on in Gillingham Rugby Club. We'll be there watching it with a few beers. We'll be playing yes. Tens and Sevens out on the pitch. We need... Uh, we're, we're welcoming... Uh, people that are, that listen to come along and play. So if you're anywhere nearby, bring your boots uh, and come and watch the game. Come and play some rugby. And on the Sunday morning afterwards, uh, we're doing a live podcast yes. Yes. At, at the club as well. Eventbrite North Dorset Sevens. You can pick up your tickets for the Egg Chasers live show, which is the next day. So a whole weekend of drinking. Yes, and a live and show. yes. I, I know not everyone's and a Lions on, test. I, I know not everyone's on Twitter, but I, I will make sure tomorrow. Well, as we record this now. Uh, it'll be today. I'll make sure on our Twitter feed, twitter.com slash rugby podcast, I'll put a link direct to the tickets as the pinned tweet at the top. So, um, Eventbrite, 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 not Brightbot. Eventbrite. <laughs> Quite right. Eventbrite, North Dorset Sevens, get, get, get involved. Right, so we've got we've got more, just, just to give you a rundown on our menu, we've got the, we've got the championship um, final game, Saracens, that was just a procession of coronation. Well, it wasn't for the first 10 minutes, mate. Well, yeah. yeah. Comebackers on. Yeah. At, that, yeah. at that rate of scoring, Ealing had a chance. <laughs> Could have been 80-0. Yeah. By Gareth Chilcott logic. Okay. Could have been more. Could have been 160-0. Exactly. Uh, we've <laughs> also got the Mushroom Cup World Club, World Club so, Mushroom you, Cup winners, Benetton Treviso. I do think this deserves a little bit more respect than I otherwise would have given it. Um, Beating the Blue Bulls. I think that's incredible. I genuinely think that's incredible. Now, the competition is a farce. Um, it fell to pieces probably beyond um, beyond reasons that any reasonable administrator could you know, hope or expect to solve. So, you know, you can't hold them responsible for everything. 
But this is incredible. It's genuinely incredible that Benetton have not only won the northern bit, which was incredible in itself, yes. but then to have a South African team over, and yes, a weekend team, I don't care. I think this is an enormous thing for Italian rugby. It's great for Italian rugby. I mean, it's not great for the tournament in, 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 uh, as, as a whole, but if you could pick one team that this would make an, an actual difference to, it would be one of the Italian teams. It's probably yeah. the best outcome anyone could have hoped for. It, it it is because it makes them so it makes them stronger, but it also gives a lot of the Italy players, and they, they've got a, a good chunk of the Italy squad, in particular um, Garbisi, mm. who is one of the things we said about him previously was he's an incredibly talented young man. If he wants to be um, playing at the top level internationally, he needs to be playing knockout rugby. Yes, and what we said previously was the only legitimate way he can do that is by moving to the Premiership or France. Yeah, he's actually got very experience of knockout rugby through the Rainbow Cup, which is brilliant. It will, will stand him in good stead, and it will stand Italy in good stead. And he came up shining. He he was magnificent in that final. Well, and another thing, sort of linked to dovetail with this, which we, let's not get too deep into this, but we'll cover it off before we get to the other semi final. There will now be an Italian team in the Champions Cup every single year. Uh, no. Yes, I believe there will. No. Oh no, there'll be an Italian or, or Scottish. Or Scottish. Or, okay. So that it could well be that Benetton. I've got. Uh, well, okay. Benetton's chances of being in the Champions Cup have significantly increased this week. That's just one of the little ramifications of a rejig to the Champions Cup format, which I'm going to go out and say I thought it's awful that the top eight in England are now in the quote unquote Champions Cup. Well said. I now think it's got even worse with the new format that has been uh, done. So this is the forward. first time I've heard of this. I assumed it was reverting back to its old style. You inform me it's not, so tell me about it. Well, one of the issues I have with it is that if you were not a massive rugby nose like we are, who would actually take time to sit down and work out how this competition works, you would be bamboozled to the extent that you'd probably lose interest and go, oh, oh. I don't really care. Why don't you tell me what the actual format is first? The format, the format is similar to what it what it became due to the situation with COVID and everything, and the rejig tournament for one year only. But they've kind of they're persisting with that. So there's there's more teams in pools of four that play two other teams not in their pool, but the pools rankings are with three teams who they don't play. Right. So. You're battling against three other teams in your pool who you don't play. I'm with you. No, no. Yes. And you play yeah, two, yeah, two yeah. home, two home, two away against teams not in your league, top 14, pro 14, if you're, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, top 14 and pro 16 or whatever the Mushroom Cup or whatever United it is. United Rugby Championship. United Rugby Championship. Um, and then it goes to a round of 16. I think is I'm really really cheesed off. I can only imagine that the the point of this is money because it expands the number of teams, which allows South African sides to potentially qualify. Okay, I, I don't yeah. I, I don't so, know. I don't understand it. So I I've not seen the detail of that, but the big thing this week was that from not this year but the following year, the South African teams, the four South African teams who are going to be in the United Rugby Championship are going to be eligible for qualification into just on that, the Champions Cup. Sorry to say this in a slightly different, yet linked direction. The four South African teams, does that mean the Kings and the Cheetahs are no longer in the Pro 14? Correct. Yeah, but so, they, they weren't in the Rainbow Cup. 
So, so they, they were in the Pro 14 until they dropped out of the Pro 14 when it stayed as the Pro 14, but there was only 12 teams playing So in what it. are they going to do? Uh, playing the Varsity Cup. What on earth goes on? Yeah, so, so they, they got booted out last year. How and they got booted out by... Well, they dropped out from the Pro 14. But before the travel, it, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But they were then not invited to the Rainbow Cup. It was the other teams, the, the premium teams. So it sounds a little Cup. bit to me like not the Pro 14 kicked them out, but like the South Africans. Well, I think it. I think there is something to do with them operating under the South African. Do you know what? Banner. I've always thought about the Pro 14 and like all the re- all the regions and all the unions. What it could do with is another layer of politics. <laughs> another snake pit. <laughs> yeah, if they could just somehow engineer a little bit more snakiness, that'd be brilliant. So this is a two-year arrangement at the moment. Um, I, I, I mean, hey, everyone has different opinions on it. I absolutely hate it, for what it's worth. I, the answer is, I, the Champions Cup, as I understood it this year, I, it didn't affect me as much as I thought it'd be not having the group stages. It's a little bit weird, but... I, it was okay. Yeah, because you had the group stage that was intended to be like a curtailed group stage, and that even that got curtailed because of... Oh, yeah, it did. They didn't play the last COVID. round. Yeah, did, did so they? you went straight to the round of 16, Yeah, didn't you? But the round of 16, I thought, was a really big success. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, agree. Yeah. So uh, to have a round of 16 and also have your group... I mean, you've got to say, you'll ask yourself, what is more important to you? Is it those group games? And I can say it could be, because certainly the first three weekends of the group stages are amazing. Then the end three are not so not so yeah, good. But, but mate, let me just say it again. You're you're in a pool of four, but you're also in a larger pool of twelve. I get it. And you're playing against teams that aren't in your pool. Yeah. So my question it's it's, it's insane. So I my, think. So my question to you is, what do you value more, the extra knockout rugby or the quality of the group stage? I don't yeah. think the two are mutually <laughs> exclusive. I think you can have both. Not without more games. Though. Yeah. You, the, well, more you can games. actually. Come on. Uh, well, I've, I've talked about it before, so I don't want to go too far into it, but. Pools of three. I like the idea of playing, oh, not replicating Premiership or top fourteen derby mm. games. So you have three teams, one Premiership. Yeah, there's going to be well, a lot more replication. What you, has to be, isn't there? If you've got eight Premiership teams, uh, only in knockouts. That's just part of it. Yeah, but if you have pools of three, yeah. If you no have pools, pools of, yeah, so if you yeah, have yeah, pools yeah, of yeah, three, yeah. there's no replication. Top team goes to Champions Cup knockout. Second team goes to the Challenge Cup. Third team, you're out. You're gone. But then that that only gives you straight to quarterfinals. So that, no, doesn't, you, you, uh, that doesn't give you... Because if, if only the top one qualifies out of 24, that only gives you eight teams so that's straight to quarterfinals. So you don't get the additional round of yeah. 16. So, which, which I actually don't like because obviously I'm watching um, the Euros at the moment where you've got six pools of four, so 24... Uh, no, yeah, six pools of four, 24 teams. The top three in most of the pools qualify. So it means that loads of games are just kind of pointless because teams have... Teams have won one game, yeah. won one, drawn one, and you qualified. Okay, I, I, what I will say is the thing that you'd always say about the Heineken Champions Cup or whatever iteration it has been is that it is the elite. And it now you're going to have, in an elite. elite competition, you're going to have, go, here we have... Bath. L- <laughs> <laughs> here we have uh, London Irish versus Zebra. Sounds pretty good. In the sounds, champion- sounds, sounds pretty tasty. In the Champions <laughs> Cup. Now, I'm with you. Look, I'm completely with yeah. you that... The downsides of this, and look, there are no solutions, only, uh, only trade-offs. So you're absolutely right that they've traded off the the, uh, uh, the quality. But I can see the argument for the last 16, which I thought was really good. Yeah. And you know, you've only got two away... Hang on. Is that right? Two away days? 
Yeah. Whereas you used to have three away days, didn't didn't, didn't you? Yeah. So yeah. like, but at least you know the two away days are going to be abroad. Yeah. So you got your two away days, which are fun. Um, I prefer three. And actually, oh, the last three weeks of the group stage, that good. I mean, sometimes the last two weeks of the group stage are, are absolute dross. Sometimes it can be, yeah. Yeah. If you got yeah. if you got six group games, yeah. the last two teams are already gone. Teams have gotten. No hope of qualifying at that point. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's it, not perfect. There's, there's one thing which I sort of touched on, which I'd say is an, another negative for me. I appreciate I'm being negative on this, um, but hey. And, one, and there's one less game in total, which I think has uh, got to be a good thing. I don't know if that's the case. I haven't it worked was, it out. It was last year. It was last year. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. If the format's similar, it could be. It so could be. Six group games and then top. The, the, the United <sighs> Rugby Championship, which... Well, I don't like South Africans qualifying for the Heineken Championship. Yeah, can we just talk about like a second? Has this been run past, I don't know, Sail Sharks or someone uh, that you've got? To, I mean, obviously for them, it's home away from home. It's not it's not a massive deal. <laughs> but, you know, other clubs, has anyone said, how do you feel about your teams jumping on an airplane and going away? For for one game, because historically in the Pro 14, when you've been playing South Africa or Super Rugby, you would do a South African tour, an Australian tour, so you're there for two, three weeks. Yeah. Not for one game, which will be unquestionably jam-packed in the middle of a schedule where, for example, if, if Exeter go, Exeter could have their English players playing in for England in, I don't know, Italy or somewhere, then the following week playing the Premiership, and then the following week playing South Africa in the Champions Cup, and the following week being back in the Premiership. It, like it's that, that it's seems, mad. That seems madness. It seems more than mad. It seems borderline unsafe. And, and that's... Uh, well, when there's welfare, like one of the big things is about welfare of the players, that seems questionable. And that's also separate from the European Champions Cup having South African teams in it, which I, I don't like, but some people are for it. I just think this all, it all um, smells of cash, and I know you know rugby's got to pay the bills. I get that, uh, but the other element which is got separate from that that, I, that I'm also I also don't like, just to add to the list while I'm chucking mud at the wall, is the fact that in the uh, United Rugby Champions uh, Championship, this new competition replacing the Pro 14, there will always be a team from. A, a Welsh region, for example, mm-hmm. always not by merit, yep. just because they happen to be Welsh, uh-huh. for example, yes. yeah, 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 which stinks because again, that's against the whole ethos of that competition of meritocracy. Which, yeah, but there again, it was if, like that yeah. previously. But if it, it was only until about three or four but, years ago when it changed. Yeah, but if the Welsh had their that. own league, they would be given X amount of places anyway. So it doesn't really matter yep. too much because what you're doing is well, you're... they can do that if they want to. They can withdraw from the United Rugby Championship, but they're choosing to go to the United Rugby Championship. So yeah, but I think it comes with that negotiation, doesn't it? That yeah. hey, we had some things anyway, and we will keep those as you know, as as a nation, as a union. But how would you feel if, like, let's Terrible. say, for argument's sake, four Welsh regions finished thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, and you're the they team. Get, you're you're the get, team. Yeah. Hey, Scarlets, you're in. Sorry. Ulster, you're out. Yeah, I, I feel terrible. But then, you know, you can't have everything, can you? You can't have non-duplication of premiership games and not have the Welsh teams in. Yeah. You know, it's, all these, it's all these little, you know, all these little things. You can never, ever please everyone. No, and it, for me, I, I would, I'd be quite happy with the Champions Cup being like just four rounds, just a straight round of 16, quarters, semi-final. Yeah, I think... Straight knockout, but there's no way you can do that because the TV money would be cut in half because you only get... However many games that mm. is. Yeah. 
Right, I've, I've been negative enough. I am a bit frustrated with it, but that's fine. What I am not frustrated by and what I loved is the actual rugby this weekend, which was epic. So let's talk about the other Premiership semi-final, Exeter v Sale. JB, first word to you. How was this to watch? Uh, the t- when we started the podcast in those early days, your team against, well, now well, your, your team. <laughs> Benetton. 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 Mm. Your, two, your two teams, your, own, when, your only two teams, your yeah. beloved Benetton and your beloved Blues, uh, Auckland Blues, both won finals this weekend, there JB. You go. So, how do you feel? I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. The same thing has been hanging over me. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, as you well know, I'm, I'm neutral on all things cell, cell shocks. Uh, I, nice, nice I, cell shocks vest, by the way. I just, I just found this. <laughs> um, how do I feel about this game? So, I, I did think that they, they would win. I thought they'd win mostly because they thought that they would win so so much. And I think it highlights exactly how hard it is to win a premiership and the trials and tribulations and the, you know, as Indy said, you know, your learnings, that is not, it's not not even a word. You learn as you go through through this process. Semi-finals are bloody hard. They're really hard. And Exeter found this out for years and years and years and years and years. And then they found out that finals are hard for years and years and years and years. And they've only just cracked it after, what, a decade at the top. So they've been six consecutive premiership finals now. Yeah. So best part of a decade, they've been hammering on... Well, they've on, on, never on lost a Premiership semi-final. Wow. Is that right? They've yeah, never yeah. lost one. Yeah, and so they've, only ever had, they've only ever had semis. them at home as well. Oh, there you wow. go. So they're finishing the top two for So actually, they, they navigated the, the, uh, the semis pretty the easily. But semis, then, but the final, yeah. a bit more difficult. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, we'll ask Bristol about the semis, right? So, <laughs> that's where I think it is. They're going to... They're going to look at this. It wasn't a bad performance by any stretch. It just wasn't good enough. I, I think they'll all recognise it wasn't good enough, uh, which is fine. You, you've got to learn. You've got to build and come back better. But yeah, build they, back better. Oh no! Oh god! Don't oh say no! That. <laughs> oh god! Uh, the I guess no, that that this will be D ranks now. Actually, no. We've said the we've said the, the thing they want that will get boosted. <laughs> oh, yes. It'll get god. boosted in the algorithms. They want to amplify that as much as possible. Build back better. Um. So disappointing for neutrals everywhere, but look, extra awesome, aren't they? Just they're just awesome. They're just uh, you, you can't walk away from that game and not think that is one hell of a team which uh, Sale lost to. So just for, to put a, a Sale perspective on it for a second, the thing I think they'll be most frustrated is they they stayed in the game for the whole. They were never until the last few minutes more than. T- 10 points or more than 7 points behind. They were always kind of stayed within a score. 
So it was always within their reach. The bit that they'll be most frustrated about is the two tap-and-go tries. The Luke Cowan Dickey one really early, and the Jack Noel one, I think it was halfway through the second half, because those were just... They knew exactly what was happening, yep. and it was just mental fades, not getting off the line, not identifying, and not hitting hard enough, which is... That is core skills. That is the absolute basics. Do you know what it reminded me of? It was a fight, and sometimes... You know, you get into a rhythm and everything's going your way and that momentum carries you through exactly like it was uh, last week. Well, I I don't know what Exeter did, but I'm pretty sure that Rob Baxter will have looked at last week and go, oh, right, okay, Uh, XYZ needs to happen, XYZ happened, and it will be the most basic, simple thing that you can imagine. It'll be literally, literally the most basic thing in rugby stripped down and he will have identified that and that's what that's what they will have done well there's two things there yes you're absolutely right mm. and you get that from the way Rob Baxter speaks that he's very process oriented never never gets too at, over the top emotionally positively or negatively very level guy and so I totally agree but on the flip side the emotional side of it came through in the form of he said to his team you guys cost Sam Skinner and Dave Ewers, a premiership final if we get there. You all need to take responsibility for that because if our def- if our defence was doing what our defence should do, they would never have been in that situation. Wow. <laughs> wow. Enjoy that best, fellas. Yeah, well, no, so, so he, put the, he, put the, he put it on them. He, he was basically saying carry the responsibility for the disappointment these guys in our team are taking and, yeah. and, and make sure you put it right. Sanderson says yeah. something very, very similar this week about AJ McGinty. So AJ Acker, Cam, Cam Neal wasn't available. Uh, they had another one, did they? Doesn't really matter. Uh, and he said, dropped out before. Oh, Sam, Sam James, Sam James, uh, Sam back, back, yeah, spa- yeah. back spasm. And Sam's message was their uh, their injuries can't be in vain. I just love that. I love that message. I, and it's, it's basically the same thing, isn't it? it is, yeah. yeah, yeah. You've got to fight to make it like their yeah. suffering and mistakes worth it. It's just such a fascinating battle. This because you know Samson is. An incredible coach. He's a very, very good, good, good coach. Things are going broadly his way. And every time you hear him speak, you think, and he's very young still. You think, yeah. one day England, one day, yeah, one day. Well, why not? Why not Baxter England one day? I don't know. Anyway, not that it matters. Um, at this point, uh, so I, I don't not think that. By the way, yeah, well, I would, I, I would I love think, that. I, I would love Baxter. I think Baxter's a man now. Um, It'd be sad to see him leave the Chiefs, but yeah, he could so, step up. Samson's made his made made his adjustments. Baxter's made his counter adjustments, and just Baxter came out on top. Is what I think. Uh, simple as that. Mm. Because the teams, I don't think that Exeter's team is, be- is much be- better than Sale. I don't think Sale's team last week was much be- be- better than Exeter. It's whatever they come with on that on that given day. Well, just to give Rob Baxter credit, can we just say I don't think there's any other coach, possibly in world rugby, that would have dropped. Stuart Hogg because I don't know about uh, you but when I saw that selection I thought oh I reckon he must have a bit of a niggle but because it's a semi-final oh they're God. like oh go on we'll put him on the bench and hope that if he's needed yeah. he's alright and there's no hiding it was there there's no hiding the ball it's like yeah he didn't, he didn't contribute enough yeah and just, what? just which is, think which is amazing huh? it's amazing and Jack Knoll was awesome and uh, yeah, yeah. and just imagine what all the headlines would be and what everyone would be saying had Jack Knoll had a, a big error which cost Exeter a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what this is the, the Lions' fullback basically. What, what yes. Is, what's the John West saying? The, the John West slogan for their fish. It's not what we put in the can. It's what we leave out, right? Uh, which I think is awesome. Um, <laughs> to be able to watch your team with such clarity 
and you know just uh, what's the word for it detachment I, I, I guess yeah, to make activity yeah because I made this point on, on Twitter and someone came back at me and said it's his job that's what you should be should be paid to do I'm like yeah okay granted genius but um, <laughs> what about all the yeah, coaches about- who haven't finished uh, <laughs> well, got qualified for the premiership final well, six just, years in a row it's just a clear misunderstanding of what you know what makes Rob Baxter great because so many other coaches would have looked at that and gone well they wouldn't have even looked at it they'd have said I've, I've paid this guy. I've spent someone else's money. I've used up my salary cap. He's a lion. I mean, what is... The, the consequence, the, the if if this goes wrong, I will get so much crap. Yeah. yeah what does yeah. he say to Tony Rowan? Hey, Tony, do you have 400k that you give me every year to pay that guy? Well, he's on the bench. That, that's all right. Oh, and by the way, I've also lost. Um, you know, that's just not a good conversation. So he's made one hell of a call there. Um, and not many coaches do that. That's why we always say that saying "money plays" because mm. money plays. That's that, that's why they ha- That's yeah, what happens. Yeah. It it does. If if you are the big money player, you you play. Yeah. And, and it was totally vindicated on all counts because Alex Cuthbert, Tom O'Flatty, and Jack Noel particularly were just awesome. Yeah, they they really were. And, and Cuthbert, who's had stick over the last few years, and he's leaving Exeter this year. Yeah, he, he has been brilliant. When when he's been fit enough to get out on the field, he's looked magnificent. He's, He's almost like looked back to the form that got him on the Lions plane back in 2013 in those opportunities that he's had for Exeter. Fascinated how it's going to go now in, in selection for a Premiership final because you've got, as I say, the, the, probably Stuart Hogg is the guy that you that you go the first name on the team sheet for the Lions, the only he, yeah, position yeah. where there is no debate. He, he, well, he Jack Noel, been... surely. <laughs> no, he, um, Stuart Hogg, for a lot for, for years has been the, the number one first choice fullback in, in Europe if he's fit and he's been playing that this season he, he's been incredible this season and for whatever reason for it's probably a lot more complicated than what uh, Baxter gave across but for the reasons that Baxter had he chose not to select him for this game and chose to push Jack Noel who's had massive injury problems hardly played yeah hardly played and Noel was brilliant actually I, I think probably Hogg will play the next game Jack Noel might get moved to the wing mm-hmm. um and Hogg will be even better because he'll be even more motivated to play and demonstrate why he is the best. Yeah. Uh, that post-match by Rob Baxter makes me think that the final might not be much of a contest. Oh, oh go on. <laughs> uh, well, the fact that you just said, um, well, do you need to defend if... What, what was the oh, same? He, he was asked about Harlequin's attacking yeah. uh, skill and how hard to defend that, that might be, what a challenge it will be to defend against a team that attack the way Quinns do. And, yeah, he said along the lines of... Um, well, you don't need to defend if you have the ball. Yeah, it's over, yeah. isn't it? He's already he figured it out before they've even, <laughs> even got there. And that's what he does. That's what he does. Like, anyone who doesn't think that this man is a rugby genius just yeah. don't, does not know what they're talking about. One of the things I, I loved in, in your interview with Baxter um, on Rugby Dungeon, which if you've not listened to it, go and listen to it, go and find it. Just, you can tell, he came across the amount of work he puts in to analyse all of his own players, all of the opposition players, any players that he is considering getting, he, he must watch hours and hours and hours of game tape. And yeah. not just not just like we watch a game and we'll kind of get a flavour for how it's going, who's winning what battles, where um, teams are playing in the pitch. But he'll watch and just pick up one player and watch an 80-minute rugby focused on one player and he said, to analyse that. What do you say to me? He says something like, when you watch rugby, and I mean really, really watch, watch rugby, rugby. Like, yeah, not, not I, I playing don't. on Twitter, not chatting away with a pint, actually watch 
the specifics of what individuals are doing, and that's how Baxter sees the game. He, he's magnificent. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, it probably wouldn't. In talking about this game, it, it's probably worth also and talking about what Rob Baxter has said. He had an opportunity to kind of clarify and crystallise his thoughts that he brought up earlier in the week regarding the disciplinary process, high tackle officiating, which cost Sam Skinner and Dave Ewers their place in that final. And I think this said to me, so a lot of people went for him after the press day midweek because well, because I think he was... Oh, did he say something in press day midweek as well? Yeah, he said something press day midweek. That was reported and a lot of people sort of went for him a bit. And I think part of that is he was just answering a journalist's question. And, and I guess my overall takeaway is Rob Baxter, between that press day conference midweek and the game when he was asked again after the, after the match, he's had a chance to process his thoughts, which at the time he was just responding to a journalist and giving his answer in real time. And it, ju- it just reminded me that we need to have a little bit of, um, well, Rob Baxter used the word and I'll use it again, empathy, that sometimes when you're asked a question, you're working out what you think mm. as you're saying it in real time. And you, you just need to give people a little bit of a leeway. Otherwise, hot, hot debrief. Hot, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Otherwise you'll get a situation where people, don't want to share and don't want to talk. And I like the fact that Rob Baxter does. As it happens, I, I agree with him that there are flaws and failings. And I think he crystallised that and made that very clear uh, after the game. And um, and I totally agree with what he said. I, mean, I did struggle to follow his line of reasoning a little bit on that. Um, and I've read it again. I think, what was he saying? That there was two guys who, I think he wants it done on outcome, from what I can tell. So there's two guys, I use and Skinner, both high shots, both bans, but no HIAs were is- issued to the that was part Stephen of, player, that was right? part of what he was talking about. And yet he's got Richard Capstick, who's, you know, it's a bad one, that. It's a real bad one. You got yeah. properly clocked. I tell you what, I'm amazed that's a yellow card, you know. Yeah. Uh, the, the current laws, I'm amazed that's a yellow card. That one, I'm surprised, is a yellow card. The I said it before, but the Luke Northmore on Seattle Pier Tower, I was amazed, was not, a, not even a penalty. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw the... Uh, it was Ash Dixon on Ote Black in the... That Tim's was the Blood worst of the weekend. The and that was a yellow card, and that I'm astonished that was a red card. So yeah, that wasn't a red card. My immediate reaction to all of this stuff, when I see it in writing, like, I can't believe the ref did this. I just want to tie back and say, um, you know, calm down, you're wrong, rugby's a hard game. But actually, when I bother to watch the, the OT Black one, before commenting, I usually do it the other way around, comment. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 that is a red card. That is that is literally what we do not need in the game. Now, I understand things happen, but that was a that was a horrendous one. Yeah. And and I, it feels like we're slipping away from a position that we were in even even a few months ago where ninety percent of people could look at a challenge. If you if you are up to date with watching rugby and you're not someone who watches the Six Nations once a year, if you're up to date with it, you could look at all three of those challenges and, and Maybe the Luton North Wall one a little bit less, maybe the two Alagi one, but you'd say, yeah, yellow, yellow, red, or red, 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 or, or like you would know. And if of you a asked a hundred people to press red, yellow, or nothing, yeah, yeah. like you, get, you would get a, a, plural, a plurality correct answer. Yes, but in those three, you had not even a penalty, a yellow card, and a yellow card that could easily have been a three, three reds. Uh, and that, that, and there is, that inconsistency. To me, there's a massive disconnect. And I think this is where Rob Baxter is 100% right. 
between what the authorities want and I, you know they say it's evidence driven or whatnot and I, I'm not convinced that it is evidence driven I think it's well I'll clarify what he meant by right. that evidence driven in a minute but finish point sorry um, and that they need to talk to the current crop of players the problem with saying we need to talk to current crop of players is we do talk to current crop of players we do it via the RPA but I'm not convinced that that is a reasonable I don't think it's a reasonable uh, representation of what actually the players think because you see it with the framework and Wayne Barnes did this it really annoyed me when they say well you know where's the support for this because well actually we've got support off this guy this guy it's like they've lined up all these names and all these players and say aha well these guys disagree with you it's almost like they've been used or you know like they're a sort of like a player shield for the validity of what the authorities want to do anyway I'm not saying the authorities are wrong and I'm also not entirely sure how useful it is to have the views of 20-year-old hyper-masculine super-athletes designing <laughs> safety protocols. But I still don't think that the players or the system accurately represents what the players probably think well, or want. On the on the kind of sanctions and the, and the aftermath, one thing which Rob Baxter was talking about, which I can try and summarise in the context of Sam Skinner and Dave Ewers, is... When they went to the disciplinary hearing and both players got a four-week ban, I mean, firstly, what if you talk about the sort of justice judicial system, contesting a ban shouldn't be a pun. Shouldn't if you don't yes. if you aren't successful, mean you get weeks added on. This is the argument against that's, the, that's awful. It's the argument against the plea bargain, isn't it? Hey, yeah. just, just take this and be a good boy. Um, I heard it the other day. Um, oh, someone. Someone's, it's a fixed penalty notice for some such thing. I can't remember what it was. Like, yeah, just, just take it. Like, no, because I'm not guilty. But then, you know, the process is the punishment. Yeah. Uh, and I agree with you. Like, they don't think they're guilty. So shall we just have a look at what the what the evidence is? And if they are guilty and if they're not guilty, well, we'll make a, we'll make a judgment Agreed. based on that. You shouldn't get weeks added on, which is what happens. Because it's not premeditated, yeah, is it? Totally. Uh, but, but on, so uh, Rob Baxter said, and I, th- I think he's re- on the money on this one, he said... In the case of Sam Skinner's, mm-hmm. Exeter gave reasons that actually there's all these things that, that mean it, should, it shouldn't be upheld as a red card. This is what we believe. This, 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 this. And they said, well, referee did, referee's evidence was compelling. When it came to the day viewers one, <laughs> the RFU, Paul Hole, the, 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 the citing commissioner guy said, yeah, we're ignoring the referee evidence on this one because I've decided that it's something else. What? <laughs> okay, yeah. And so it's kind of so, double jeopardy. You get yeah, you, you'll yeah. get stung one way or you'll get stung the other way, and and that's that's an an imbalance. But my overall thought on the on the sanctions and the sightings is I just have unbelievable levels of sympathy for for any player. I would feel sympathy for Manu Tuolangi if he missed the final, um, had Sale got through. And he got a, a red, and it, let's say it went to citing, got a red card or whatever. I think Manu Sulang should be cited well, for that, right? Well, yeah, yeah, he should. And maybe that one's a bit more reckless than the but, other two. But my point being is sometimes the red card within a game, unless it's, as I'll come back to what Phil always talks about, and I, I've stolen this from you and I, I use it all the time now, the coaching point. You can't give a coaching point to Sam Skinner and he's now not playing in a premiership final because he made a mistake. He got the red card on the day. That's punishment enough. Next week, you're not going to make him tackle differently by meaning all that work he's done for his whole career means he doesn't get to take part card, in the Premiership final. Why is Red Card not, not an automatic three-game ban anyway? Or two-game ban? Uh, well, it was. Well, why should it be? It, it, it's well, it, it is, isn't it? 
Red card's uh, pretty serious. It's like the most serious thing you can do on well, the field. Well, yeah, it shouldn't it, be. It, yeah, it, it does go to a committee. As in, it goes, oh, okay, goes to a yeah. hearing. Because it, it could be a, a red card that could be a two-game ban or a red card that is well, a 52-week ban. Well, the other, mm, element is, the other element is that in Dave Hughes' case, there's, he strongly talked about that he was going to be in the England squad and playing for England. It's just... Co- think what that's cost him. And these guys are playing in an unbelievably fast, dynamic game. And I just think punitively... Taking away future games from them in most cases, yes. If someone walks up and like Andre Esterhazen, great example, elbowed someone in the head, absolutely no need. Yeah, that was well. And you make some good points here. So, like, I'll give you an example. Um, there was a winger which I saw who tried to trip someone up. Right, can't remember who it was, but he tried to trip someone up. That to me is clear and obvious foul play. There should be there, you know, it should be dealt with. So basically, the, if, you, if you're a bit of a shit house. Yeah. Well, you know, I if don't you, if you gouge someone's eye, yeah, go, yeah. fish hook them, if you grab th- their nuts, if you punch them. I don't think the red cards were seeing. And the problem is, it's very hard to judge intent. It's really, really hard to say, was that deliberate or was that not deliberate? Because, like, Manu Tuolangi's yeah. one, I obviously do not think that's deliberate. No, no. I, but I, it could I, have been. I, it, it, could it have absolutely been. could have been. But on most of them, you don't need to judge intent. Certainly, within the laws of the play, you don't need to judge intent. Yeah. And then you would only ever try and determine intent if you think there was intent because it's going to lead to a, a pretty long ban. For most of these, intent doesn't come into it. Like the, the you is the Skinner, the two are Yeah, intent, and that's the problem, isn't it? You've got these irrelevant. enormous men. And this is the problem with props, like when uh, Kieran Brooks got his red card and he's on, he's just on the edge of a ruck. Someone's coming around the corner, very quick, very dynamic, powerful um, nippy, nippy back. He's got to change his level, and I just don't think these big guys can do it. And I, I wonder if there is actually a movement in in rugby from people higher up to think, yeah, we, if, if maybe this can be a tool to slim the players down, get them less powerful, get them more. Well, I, I'd, I'd use a stick rather than a carrot and increase the ball in play time there. But yeah, anyway, a carrot rather than a stick. Carrot rather than a stick. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> yeah. or maybe a carrot yeah. tied onto a stick, and, or, and, or, and not a baton, a, a stick, a, a carrot. <laughs> uh, yes, quite. Or a, a an enormous stick that's actually a carrot, um, carrot painted orange, or a, no, no, the other way around. Yes, an enormous carrot that's actually a stick painted orange. Can I, can I give you, a, can I give you a real, very quick, boring bit of psychology? So, yes, of course. Two tennis players. When when you're receiving a, a shot from someone in tennis, uh, you're processing how fast the ball's coming at you, the direction where you need to be, when, and it's all happening in microseconds. Those times when the ball hits the tape of the net and changes direction, so you have to readjust mm. and, and, go, and go, oh, I, now I need to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's called a refractory period, and it happens in milliseconds in your brain. And that's tennis when there are very few variables involved. So a refractory period of going, oh, change of circumstances, now I need to readjust and do something different. In rugby, you've got 29 other guys constantly moving all the time. Those refractory periods are happening on unbelievable levels. The guys, just to be on the field, playing at that speed in that sport, are some of the most gifted athletes, mentally and physically, on earth. And and, and that's where the empathy should come in because Sam Skinner is not playing in a Premiership final next week and I feel unbelievably sorry for him when you think about the hours that he's put in, the sacrifices that he's made. And you can give him a red card if that's what the what the laws dictate, fine. But should we be handing guys like that four-week bans? It seems unfair, that. It does seem like the red card in itself, even though I just said I thought there wasn't also something bad which comes with the red card. But, yeah, I yeah. would be happy for him to just be red-carded. Okay, next next game you're back. But, like, the Manu one, 
Maybe, I think it's a good argument for a three-game ban there. I, I think I think he probably will get cited. Although at least that would be consistent with the uh, debut as one. I will say this though: it wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if nothing happens because he's out. There's no more Premiership. Yeah. Although, again, whatever you do, you've got to be consistent. Yeah. So, so like, if, if, if they went through to the final, things. he probably would get cited because he's not. I wonder if they just go, yeah, it's fine, whatever. And just just a um, little bit of devil's advocate. I, I do get the. The empathy argument, Tim. There is the, yeah, empathy. The problem with empathy is you you can only do it one way, as in you can you have empathy with um, Skinner or um, Ewers or Tuilagi. Look at there's empathy for Richard Capstick, who is also going to be missing a final through absolutely no fault of his own because he's been clocked by. Well, potentially, loose, like loose Janus Kirsten managed to fail an HIA and play this week as yeah, well. Yeah, interesting. Through the protocols. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible, but Capstick was Capstick. Bambi on ice. Yeah, was... I'm not sure I'd want, if he doesn't, I mean, there's there are protocols, you're right. Um, but yeah, there's that that is the problem with empathy. That you have empathy in one side. You need to have it in both directions, which is... Very difficult. Don, Don Armand could be playing in a Premiership final. Good again. for him. Which is the Don Armand thing is incredible. That yeah, he was such a talented player. He actually did play for England, albeit I think he played for about eight minutes. He played in the game that Tom Curry made his debut in. Did he? That Argentine game in Argentina. He played another one. He played one France. of the Six Nations. Oh, he played game. Six Nations game against yeah. France. But from that was only two or three years ago, and it feels like he has been kind of moved back in the extra hierarchy. When it was last season, he was. He was basically kind of captain in the B team when, yeah. they, when they went 1A and 1B. And obviously, Exeter's B team was amazing still, but it, it was the B team. Well, and that, that does speak to Exeter, doesn't it, as and, well? The fact that a guy who was a was an international a few years ago, such a senior player, premiership player of the what premiership player of the year contender or best in his position and all the rest yeah. of it, had podcasts like ours clamouring for international inclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he obviously isn't, isn't in... Um, it, much lower down in the pecking order and obviously still working yeah. hard still training still contributing yeah. still ready when called upon still that says amazing. a lot about that or- whole organisation it's nice yeah. to have a spare Don Armand knocking around the bench <laughs> it I mean, helps you know, doesn't yeah. it um, it's like having a, another curry yeah it really is a third one <laughs> um, again like he's just been on the wrong end of two great signings in Kirsten yeah. and the Marlin yeah. 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 which has been great and now I don't know if he plays his cards right you know, what's he 31 now he could be knocking around extra for another three or four years, just you know, being a backup, looking after his body, not playing that often. Yeah. A, there are worse jobs in rugby. Oh, absolutely. Not getting the miles on the clock. How old is he? 31. Is he? I would guess. I, I would guess 32. If I look at my Don Almond fact book, I'm pretty sure. Let's have a quick look. Easy. He is 32. Oh. 30, 33 in three months. Friend of the pod, Don Almond. Yes. Premiership final. Yeah, it's good to see. He can get another three, four years. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Especially if he's he's managed. Did you think Manu Tulangi was just... A bit, I thought he was rubbish. A bit off the, like mentally a bit off. He was just a, somewhere else yesterday. He was, pr- he still does good things. So I, I think you're right. We say mentally he's a bit off. I think he just wanted. He was trying too hard. Yeah, that's what it came off as. He just trying too hard and wasn't because there was working. There was late hits. There was elbows to the face on the there deck. Was wrestling there on was the floor. Wrestling on the floor. There's all sorts of stuff. You go. Meh. Do you just do your job? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wonder if they would. You know, Samson said this about uh, Sale against La Rochelle. Emotionally, they weren't there. They were just too wound up. They, 
when they came out for second half, they would you know, they would just guess too excited. And certainly in Manu Tolangi's case, I, I don't know what the breakdown of this game will, will be, but it wouldn't surprise me if that was the outcome. Yeah, he, he didn't have his best game, did he? Can I, just, can I talk about an abs- um, some massive positives for Sale? Yes. All of the chat about South Africans, rightly so, because they're, they're bloody good players. They finished that game with Rafi Quirk. Kieran Wilkinson came Quirk. on. Yeah. Quirk, sorry. Um, Kieran Wilkinson comes on. He looked bloody great he for 10 minutes. He looked lively. Didn't he, Really just? lively. So that's only his second premiership game. Uh, James, James Harper came on. He, who looks massive. He is massive. Yes, correct. He's absolutely massive. I was talking to one of their other props about him the other day, and he, they just said he is super strong. He is, really? he is legitimate. A few years ago, he was playing eights, jumping in lineouts and, and all sorts. <laughs> he won't be getting lifted anytime uh, soon. Bevan Rod, Ewan Ashman, Curtis Langdon. You know, there's some bloody good good players. Now, I don't think Sale are, are unique in this. I think, actually, what it really uh, says is that any club who can retain their crop of youngsters, and a lot of clubs often either make the wrong decisions or, like in London Irish's case, they lose them because someone else has enough money to you know, snaffle them up. Yeah. As long as you can keep your, your youngsters, you'll pretty much do absolutely fine. And it leads on nicely to, did either of you see the England under-20s versus France under-20s? No, this no, week? I didn't actually. So France under-20s have been incredibly successful for the last few years. Um, obviously, they've bred a lot of the young talent that has propelled the French teams, uh, Toulouse, La Rochelle, Bordeaux, um, a little bit less so Racing 92, but all of those teams to the top of Europe. Um, and England won 38-22 in a, a very impressive performance with only... I was looking through the team. There's only a handful of names that you'll recognise. Who, who do I know? Uh, so you'll recognise the nine and ten combination because they've both played a bit of Premiership this season. Uh, Bailey Atkinson. Uh, so right. Bailey was playing, but not a ten. Twelve. Fifteen. Uh, he's playing fifteen. Uh, Orlando Bailey played fifteen, but the nine and ten have played for Leicester and Worcester, respectively. Van Portfleet oh, and Finn Smith. Finn Smith. Correct. Yeah. Um, other than that. So you'll know the 12, but not because he's played Premiership. You'll know him because he oh. could have been in your qu- your quiz, Tim. Uh, mm, he could have been in your quiz, so he wasn't in your quiz. He's not. He's Max Jomo? No. no. He's not playing the... It, so he normally plays 10. He's not played Premiership. He has a, a famous dad. Who on mm. earth is that? Don't know. His dad... Uh, Former England coach. Ah, uh, Robert, no. Um, oh. uh, Lancaster. Lancaster. Oh, wow. Stuart and Dan. Dan Lancaster, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other sale, sale guys in, in there? Uh, I don't know is the honest answer. No one that I recognise. So I'll give you the names. Lewis Halsey, Archie Vans, who I think is Tigers, Luke Green, Ewan Richards, Alex Groves, Freddie Thomas, Lucas Brook, Jack Clement, Jack Van Portfleet. Jack Clement, Gloucester, he's played Premiership. Clement. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he has, yes. Finn Smith, uh, Sensitive of Dan Lancaster and Jack Bates. Ar- Arthur Relton on one wing with um, Diego Bailey on the other wing and Orlando. Orlando and Diego. Wow. So I don't think they're brothers. Lies. What? Hold on. No. How, how can no they both be not. called Bailey, one of them be Orlando and one of them be... Diego. Diego. They're, yeah, they are 100% Come on. brothers, mate. And their parents 
But they'd have to be twins. One's like, you know, yeah. There's no way they're not brothers. One was on a trip to Disneyland that they, they got conceived, and the other one was on a trip to I'm, I'm pretty certain a conference in San Diego. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, certain they're not brothers. Where's Diego Garcia? What, what, what's Diego? Is that an island somewhere? Diego Bailey and Orlando Bailey, and they're not I mean, related. Well, no, well, they're definitely not related, clearly. Yeah, that, that's, that's Diego Bailey. Uh, I mean, I mean it's possible. Might, they, might be, it's possible. They, might they might have the same mum. Yeah, and brothers from another mother. Then they're going to be twins because of the age group they're playing in. Oh yeah, good point. Unless one of them's like sixteen. Well, I'm pretty sure they're, they're related. So they, they stand well, down, Phil. They may well be related. Wow. Yeah, Diego and Orlando. Yeah. Um, and on, uh, on nights out, they o- o- Austin Bailey. Right, they they bet they better pull that we're brothers. Yeah, <laughs> that, that card better come out, and they can whip, like whip out their bank cards and, and whatnot, and they can give <laughs> some crazy story. <laughs> uh, Phil talking a singer as well was playing on the bench. He's played a couple of Premiership games as well. He has. He's looked good when he's played. Yeah. Played at twelve for the Irish. Yeah. Well, there you go. Promising yes. stuff. Promising stuff. Uh, any uh, games this week? Well, yeah. Just, just on this. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Because I, I agree. Um, no, it's fine. We got the Premiership final. Let's talk about the Premiership final. Let's talk about the Premiership final. Well, actually, there's one of the final before that, which is a repeat of the Heineken Cup final. Which is oh yeah the top fourteen semi-finals happen this weekend yeah oh Friday night which is a great time to have a top fourteen final so I will be looking is it really it. yeah it is it's Lara Shell awesome. against Toulouse on Toulouse. A Friday night Toulouse with probably no Intermac which is tough no uh, Romain Intermac not uh, it was Theo Intermac it was Theo well, by the Theo way the Diego eight. Garcia is an island yes it is but something is a military base there. If you know that, then probably. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a More military than likely. Race. Maybe Diego Bailey's dad served for the US military. Maybe. I'm sure Diego... Is, is it not a British... I think it's a British possession, which is lent to the Americans. That's what I think it is. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Um, so, top 14 final. Repeat. Yep. Repeat result. Repeat result. Yeah. Go with that. Yeah. Go with that. Um... And then Premiership final. Premiership final. I really I hope it lives up to the billing. Yeah, we've had two incredibly good semi-finals, and the matchups yep. made it. This is a cross-fertilization of the matchups. You've got two very different teams. Yeah, um, I wonder whether that changes the, the dynamic of the game. I suspect it will. I suspect it, I suspect it will change it rapid, uh, uh, heavily. Um, it's two teams trying to stop, trying to negate the other one. It, well, no, is it two teams that are trying to negate each other or trying to amplify what they do enough to one of each? One. I, I, I think extra are going to do both. Yeah, as in by extra negating what Quins do, they're going to amplify what they do because yeah. they're just going to retain the ball. Quinn, uh, yeah, extra are going to be basically negate and destroy, um, and then Harlequins. Who knows? Generally, like who knows? I I, I don't know. Uh, I can't I can't see a way for them to beat Exeter, but I also couldn't see. Well, I could see a way for them to beat um, Bristol. I thought it was unlikely. I could not see a way for them to beat Bristol. I got it totally wrong. So I, I'm I'm just remembering the game at the Stoop it was an awesome game actually. Quinns v Exeter, and I think Exeter got a, a late, a very very late win. Might have been Joe Simmons. All right. It was very, but if I remember rightly, it was very close and very late, and Harlequins managed to keep scoring. And um, so, I think all three of us can build a nice case for why Exeter will win this. 
Don't we all know that? Yes. Let's build the case of why Harlequins can win this. Yeah. Okay. So, where could they possibly find chinks in X's armor? And if we've spotted this, sadly, I reckon that probably, but not definitely, Robax has spotted this too. The kicking game of yep. Smith, I think, you know, if he can start moving them about a bit, that 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 would be one thing. If he can find spaces behind the two wingers, it makes you think, though, doesn't it? If they've got Jack Noll at fullback and then they bring Hogg in at actual fullback and they move Jack Noll onto a wing, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, it's going to be very, very very difficult. Offloads are like Quins have got a stay brave and that's what I found so impressive about them when you're 28 points down you throw caution to the wind a little bit but when you're only 7 points down and they were looking for that one score with time running out the way that they still gave really risky offloads that had massive upsides if they were pulled off but high degree of risk I can't quite believe I'm saying this but I actually think that Harlequins have got a better shot at the scrum than Sale did Sale got beaten up quite badly, particularly on the loose head side yeah. with Harry Williams. You've got to get those foundations right. But yeah. but but what I hope is that in a final, if Quinns go brave and throw those fifty fifty balls, that that's what they have but to do. They've got to win they've, they've got to win they have to they've do. got to win the collisions first, haven't they? They've got to win the collisions and they've got to yeah. and they've got to get that fast ball. And the question is how do they how do they manipulate that that Exeter that Exeter team? It's it's bloody difficult. Maybe the kicking game of Smith makes them drop enough players back in order to you know, then get some momentum going forward. Exeter have the best defence in the Premiership. Quinns have the highest scoring attack in the Premiership. I think the the flip side, the inverse of those though, Quinns are leaky at the back and Exeter score lots of points. They're second best point and try scorers behind Quinns. So... When I look at that, Ooh. I think I think Exeter's, I think Exeter can negate Quinn's weakness more than Quinn's can. I've Exeter's, had a, I've had a uh, thought. Strength, sorry, I've had a thought, an absolute wild card to get them o- um, o- over the line. The guy who's back, Esther Hazen's back. Yeah, he is back. Oh my word, he is. He is. That all of a sudden does change quite a few pictures, doesn't it? When he's charging over the line between Simmons and Devoto. Yeah. There again, he, he will be very useful. Simmons and Devoto didn't exactly struggle with Manu and, and Rowan. Yeah, like Rowan had more success than Manu. He did. Yeah. So maybe I'm reading too much into one big so man, put, but largely because 13. largely because Tuilangi was there a yeah. lot of the time. Maybe. So what you need to do is put Esther Hazen in the twelve and thirteen channel at the same time. How, yeah. is and that, one Esther Hazen will have. Is that uh, possible? Maybe some uh, cloning well, yeah. techniques. You know, S. Hazen and Larchin are a nice, a nice combination, actually. Yeah. Very with, balanced. With Smith. Like, that is a midfield combo, actually, which I'd take over sales. Dupria, Manu and Rowan every day of the week. At the moment. It's it's more balanced yeah. as well. I'd take it over... Would I take it over Simmons, Devoto and Slade? That's a good, that's a good matchup. And Slade is one that gives you the magic. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's just class. Yeah. He had a nice little uh, kick for the corner again. Didn't yeah, he, he? did. Hmm. Backed himself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are various elements of the Quinns team, which I quite like. Front row is great. Front row is great. Actually, Scott Baldwin's great. Like, <laughs> Vilko Lowe is great. Marla yeah. is great. Yeah, if these guys can get parity, who knows? You, you might, you, you know, I guess what Exeter don't need to do is chase the game. No, no. That but that is when things they, will go wrong. They actually need to trust their systems, trust their processes. Because it, it's interesting. I mean, think back um, 
six months, just over six months, because we had a similar position where we had in the Premiership final last year, we had extra very strong favourites. We had Wasps in the final who were they were playing amazing rugby at the time, yes. but they were still pretty heavy underdogs. And Exeter only just won. It was one or two points in it. Not, not dissimilar to Harlequins, actually. No, not dissimilar at all. So we we have seen this, and Wasps made it really, really difficult. Wasps' strength at that point in time was the work around the breakdown and slowing and disrupting the opposition, which they did to great effect. And Exeter, even now, still struggle. God, they, I bet the they wish they, they wish they had. I, I bet they wish that they had Will, uh, Will Evans to deploy. Yes, Will Evans would be great in a game like this. I have just realised I got my uh, Harlequins v Exeter games mixed up. The one oh. I was thinking of was the back end of last season because Quinns v Exeter this season was the first game first game of the season with Sam, Sam Simmons. Sam Simmons' amazing <laughs> solo try. And I think Exeter battered them, if yeah. I remember rightly. Was that about 40 points? Um, let's just pretend Harlequins win this, right? Let's just pretend that this is a thing that happens. Harlequins win. Okay. So Monday morning, Monday after the final. Yeah. Does every club in the league fire their DOR? <laughs> oh, mass. Mass exodus um, of DOR. You can only fire your DOR if you've got Marcus Smith. Mm. Or, or someone equally as talented. Yeah, That would be maybe. my show. <laughs> or do they just make Marcus Smith DOR? Make him whatever you want. Make him CEO. CEO, DOR. Yeah. Whatever it is. I still can't believe they've... I still can't believe they re-signed Marcus Smith without a deal. I know. That is some work by Harlequins. It's some bit of business, that. Because that was the perfect time for Marcus Smith to go to France for a few years. Yeah. Have an enormous, like a million pound a year contract. It's the Maserati parking spaces. Isn't it? <laughs> someone it. said to me, oh, they're driving Maseratis, they obviously earn too much. Well, someone doesn't understand that they get subsidised parking. Exactly. So it's, it's cost neutral. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Unbelie- unbelievable comment, that. <laughs> and you have to pay 19 quid just to take your car off your driveway in London now anyway so imagine oh, how much course. the parking costs yeah brilliant Br- brilliant little um, marketing ploy by the Harlequins it's going to be extra it's going to be extra by 10 points yes uh, at least 10 I think I think extra will win I hope it's uh, as crazy as the, the other semi-finals have been and um, just to I think this is probably absolutely on the money Paul Ah, oh, friend of the pod, Paul Miller. Hello, Paul Miller. Paul, what a boy. Uh, he said, Quinns don't look to manipulate anything. It's chaos theory. Mm. It, it is. a good point. But it wasn't chaos theory first half, was it? They looked so predictable and Now they were reeling Bristol in. Let, yeah, let, let's, rope-a-dope. Let's give them a lead, lead rope-a-dope. Make, let Pat Lamb pull, up, pull yeah. off all the players. By the way, Pat Lamb, uh, we haven't spoken about this. So, obviously, I've gone off Pat Lamb a little bit post-Tempest Gate. Have, have the Emperor's clothes... Uh, has the Emperor... Got the well, clothes or whatever you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. Is the, is the emperor undressed but doesn't recognise it himself? <laughs> yes. Um, maybe. <laughs> maybe. His in-game chat was almost cringeworthy because it was trying to be so genuine and, uh, what's the word for it, like, humble. Sincere. Sincere and yeah. humble. It's a great game of rugby. We all love the game of rugby. Uh, but his odds on... He's odds on, odds on to win. It was a little... It had shades of Kieran Reid. I knew you were going to say Shades Kieran, of Kieran Reid. Hey, it's just a game of rugby, right? Yeah, it doesn't hey, matter. It doesn't matter. What? Tough look. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still think Pat Lamb is class. I, 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 think he got, I think he will learn from that. I think he got a few things wrong in that game. But I still, I still I think, think you have to judge him as a whole. He's, I think they're on a journey. Yeah, yeah. he's still an incredible yeah. coach. There's no two about it. I just think that 
we have seen a different side to him now, and it's not all positive. It's majority positive, well, and I think you know the the negatives don't outweigh the positives. By well, but means. even the negative, he's it's negative because it it's like hypocritical compared to how he presents himself. But if I'm a Bristol fan, I want him to do everything that he can possibly do to give Bristol the best chance of winning, and that's what I fundamentally believe he does. Yeah. I just think he, he, I think he miss, was misguided, and he, he got, I don't think got it's that you know, wrong. I think. I think it shows him in a rather controlling light. That's that, that's what I think. I think it's not the I mean, the, the hypocrisy is poor. Uh, the the fact that he wouldn't just back down and say, "Look, I will never ever do that again to a ref. I was in the wrong." Because everyone can do something wrong in in that time. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, before the first stone, all yeah, that. Goodness me! You know, if you know, we can't judge people like that. Yeah. But I do think it does show, and his subsequent what he said subsequent to it, a little bit of a, a guy who likes to control things to the nth degree. That's not, that's sometimes very, very good. Sometimes it's not. Yes. His team plays awesome rugby. His team does play awesome rugby. And I yeah. guess, yeah. Like I say, whatever the negatives are, and I'm sure there are some now, they don't outweigh the positives. Yes. Agreed. Um, there is another game this weekend. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll be there for this one. Up in Lions? Edinburgh. I'll be in Edinburgh. Really? Mm. Doing what? Working for Total Sport. Oh, re- wow. Wow. What exactly is it that you're doing there? Just hosting the programme. Oh, nice. Very awesome. nice. And then I'll, I'll be doing daily shows throughout the Lions tour. Who are you working with? Um, well, a, a rotating... You're the constant though, right? I'm the constant. Yeah, you're, you're the rock. Saria McGeekin uh-huh. and Ben Kay and Tommy Bow. Uh, cool. James Haskell. Nice. And... Brian Habana. Awesome. Jamie Roberts. Nice. Yeah. And and many others. And maybe I mean I might need some ex- sell, sell Sharks. Might need chat. some sell Sharks fans Do you know, to I, talk about South Africa. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, I really hate it when people ask me questions about anything now which isn't premiership. So I, I, I feel like I don't know anything. I, it's particularly when I go back to Wales and people want you know ask me about the Welsh team. I, I, I don't know, <laughs> know who, who these people are. I'm not even too sure you know what England are going to do, let alone the Lions. Well, England, have you seen the changes to England's squad? That yes, been announced Curry, today? Rod and Langdon are in. Yes. Ben Curry. What else? Ben Curry. So, uh, Slight, Slight Holmes in, Hassel Collins out. Yeah. And Manu's in. So... Yeah, I've got a list in front of me. Let me read it up. Mano in, in for now, unless he gets a ban. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Will Capon has been called up. Max Malins, Harry Randall, obviously from Bristol, who are now out. Yeah. Ben Curry, Curtis Langdon, Bevan Rod, and Manu Tulagi. And then, so interestingly, George Furbank and Ollie Slightholm have been called up. But there's been a few players released. Now, these haven't been released with, as far as I've read, with... Um, any injuries or anything like that. This is yep. a, a form decision based on what Eddie's seen. So the ones released are Gabriel Ogre, who was in for Jack Singleton, who didn't ah. make it. Tom Willis, Tom de Glanville, Fraser Dingwall, Ollie Hassel Collins, Tom Parton, and Ben Spencer. I read the Ben Spencer one and I thought, ah, gut punch again. Yeah, Ben Spencer. He's such a, he's such a good player, but he's just... When he wants to move back to Harlequin, uh, yeah. back, back, back to Saracens, mind you, he didn't get a call up in Saracens. He's not got a call up in Bath. Which, well, he, he did. He, I mean, he got called up for the World Cup final, didn't he? Yeah, but yeah. That, as a, a last <laughs> last roll of the dice kind of thing, it's an interesting one. I mean, maybe it does show that um, Owen Farrell hates him. 
Owen Farrell, right, we, 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 we've gone... What must Owen Farrell say, say to Eddie about Ben Spencer? <laughs> hey, Owen, do you know any good scrum-offs? No. <laughs> I, did notice, I did notice he's not been called up for the Lions either. And there you go. I mean, like, if I played rugby with you, Phil, and the coach, my, the representative coach said, do, do, you know any, do you know any good good senses? Just because you're my mate, I would say, you've got to talk to Phil. You've got to talk to Phil. He can do this. Funny, I would definitely say, if I got asked... Do you know anyone who can play 1 through to 15? I would say Tim Cocker is your man. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Have I told you? I, I have told you. I'll tell you again. When I was 21. No, I must have been 20. I, I was 20 because he's in, in the 20s. I was coming off the pitch at Colwyn Bay and I was 20. And North Wales were looking for under 21 players. And I heard the chat. Okay. And our coach, Mark Earl, was walking in front of us. And, he, and he's having a chat to our club captain, Hugh. Uh, and like, who do we have? And it's strange me is, JB, do you know any uh, any under twenty one players? <laughs> like, no, I don't, Mark. No, I don't. I, I, I thought I thought that was my call. <laughs> yeah, they made the North Wales team. I remember. Apparently, being, so it was a wing though. Terrible. I remember being at, um, essentially. I won't mention the name of the coach or the players. Name, but, name them, but, name uh, them. Well, actually, I will say the coach because um, he let he left as he abandoned the, the ship it was um, Clive Griffiths uh, I thought you were going to say Cl- Clive Griffiths and so we had a, a load of injuries um, in the back three position I was back three and I was out injured um, unfortunately and Clive sent a message to the um, team manager saying oh we're missing XYZ in the back three we're only left with Joe Bloggs Dave John Smith Um so that was a private message between those two. And then the team manager forwarded the whole like email chain on to the whole squad to say, boys, oh, meet time is no. this, meet time is that. And everyone read down and like three messages down the oh, chain no. was, we're left with Joe Smith. Um, Joe we're, scru- we're screwed. We've we're, only yeah, got... Bas- basically, we're screwed because we've only got these boys. Oh. Oh. Heartbreak. Heartbreak. Yeah. And th- these boys, it's like being called up, play for the first team for the first time. <laughs> just getting slated by the manager. Well, Chris Jones. Oh. Chris Jones was that the guy who played for Sale? Yes. Yeah. He got dropped by the team. Uh, type five. That's the one. He got Lock. dropped by the England team doctor because the the doctor had received like the list of people who were going to get treatment. Chris Jones comes in for treatment with the doctor. And he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, you won't be needed. Um, you'll, 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 be going, you'll, you'll be going for treatment with your club doctor." Well, did, oh, right, okay, thanks. Did, have you watched any of the England rugby videos that they've put out this week? No. So they've only put a, f- a few little ones out thus far because obviously the team met for a few days last week. But there was an interesting one with Chunya Munger, um, the London Irish second row who got called yeah. up. And he basically said um, he found out because he got called in for a fitness testing session with the England club doctor. So the England club doctor went to London Irish, tested his fitness... And that's like obviously a very positive sign. They're not, they're yeah, not, it is a pretty positive sign. It's like sign. him, Oli Hassel, Collins, Tom Parton getting tested. And then the team came out like an hour later. He got an email an hour later. Wow. I wonder if that was just to make sure what he they could were actually. For. Yeah. Whether he actually gets a score like this guy's 96 fit, according to the top trumps here. Um, <laughs> or was it just make sure he could actually function and he was yeah, not there's, injured? Yeah, there's, there's no hidden injuries or yeah. anything like that. How yeah. interesting. Well, because they're gonna, they've got to pay him some money. Exactly. Yeah, he's going into camp. I think you, you can't take dead wood into camp. Yeah. So what are you saying about this this Lions game then, Tim? So J- Japan have already played a game. Yeah, but it didn't look very good. 
Yeah, they, so they played against the Sunwolves. Um, they won. And this is a Sunwolves team that are no longer in Super Rugby. Um, they won thirty something, fifteen or something. It was yeah. thirty-two, fourteen, something like that. But Japan haven't played since the World Cup. Yeah. Other than that, they've been training. They were missing, um, well, three of their best players from the World Cup. Uh, Himeno, who was starting for your beloved Highlanders in the final this weekend. Matsushima, who's obviously at Claremont. Now, I assume those two will be available, but I don't actually know. Uh, is the doctor available? Is he no, now? Kinky Fukuoka, yeah. retired age, whatever he is, 28. He only retired like a week ago. Yeah, three weeks ago after, playing in, the, after playing in the final. Oh, hang on, no, 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 sorry. He's not an idiot. Do you know, I said, called him an idiot then because... I think Alliance Talk. No, no, it's a one-off game. It's a one-off it's game one-off against, against the What we're talking about. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully they'll have Matsushima and I, I hope back. I hope they're competitive. I, I I think they will be. I think they'll be reasonably competitive. I think... I mean, I don't know what sort of team the Lions will pick. Is, but. is the South Korean prop playing? Uh, No idea. Uh, read the prop's names. Uh, for Japan? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I only know he's South Korean because of his name. His name is South Korean. Give me one sec. It was last week. There we go. Oh, I know the guy. Um, blonde little. He had the bleach blonde beard. No, 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 not. I don't. No, no. I know who you're thinking of. No, it's not him. I think he's uh, he's usually a starter, and that guy comes on afterwards. South Korean. So the the props are Kita in Inagaki. Nope, not him. And oh, he's he's great. He's a really good player. And Asali uh, Valu. Nope, not him. Uh, and Kasuki Horikoshi. Nope, not him. Oh, no, sorry, he's a hooker. Um, the other props um, are Shinosuke, Shinosuke Kakinaga. Nope. And I don't think this guy's South Korean. He's called Craig Miller. That's the boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Awesome. <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to it. There's going to be twenty two and a half thousand people. In fact, that's one thing we can't we can't leave before we quickly talk about the Premiership final and the ticket farce. Twenty thousand oh, tickets they yeah. sold. Now ten thousand have been, have been taken off of people that had got a ticket. I imagine this is something to do with Twickenham Station. It has to be right. I don't know. But it's, it, it was it was they refused to grant it test status because we're still in. Wimbledon's going to be full for the final, I believe. <sighs> yeah, Ed, other stadiums have had twenty five thousand at I've, Wembley the other day, and I, I know this is red rag to a bull, so I'm going to be careful. But as I understand it, and I, I, may, I might be peddling conspiracy theories here. I'm pretty sure that Matt Hancock and another cabinet minister went went to the football. I'm pretty sure that I saw Keir Starmer, Keir Starmer was at the football. At, at the football. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I saw the G8 without their masks wandering around having drinks on a bloody beach. It is one rule for one, another rule for... It's abs- it absolutely stinks. Well, it absolutely stinks. It stops when people stop accepting it. And there's, there's too many people that are just accepting it and complying, yes, sir, jump, being told to jump and saying how high. It's not on. It's not on. It's, it's, not out, on. it's outrageous. As for the Twickenham thing, I strongly suspect what has happened here is... There is a pinch point because that, that, that's what they talk about, isn't it? It's not necessarily the capacity. It's not like, yeah, you know, yeah. hey, we've got 80,000 80, seats, we can get four to 40,000 in. It's the fact that they've all got to go to Twickenham Station or what? Yeah, it is. One, one of the nearby stations. Yeah. But even so, pathetic. <sighs> Absolutely pathetic. Yeah, well, but you've got an, oh, I don't, you've got an 80 odd thousand stadium. Which, yeah. You know, you, uh, 
Premiership... Is, is Twickenham got that many more pressure points? Bearing in mind it deals with... I think it does, massive, actually. Like, much more of a pressure point than Wimbledon Station. Um, I think it probably does, to be fair, because... You've got more people at one time. I mean, I, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. I don't know unless I did. The, I know Twickenham Station is an absolute disaster zone. Yes. Um, maybe get on top of it before you sell 20,000 well, and then have to tell 10,000 yeah. people they can't come. Yeah, completely. Exactly. I mean, you could remember the first Harlequins game when they had fans? Yeah, They I was had there. to be like three hours before. Yeah, yeah, well, they staggered the start times. You had to arrive at different times. So you can do things like that, but I don't know. Uh, it doesn't seem like... I don't know. It just, I don't well, I mean... I, Let's let's it is ask classic Premiership rugby though. Let's ask uh, the the uh, the baseball teams in Texas and Florida who are having fifty thousand people every hey, every few days. Let's ask them I, how they're managing I will, it. I will tell you what the test is. Right, it's if the government waive those two thousand five hundred UA for officials. UA for officials. I mean, I, I don't know what I can do. I, I don't know what I can do, but. I won't be happy. I won't be happy. <laughs> and, You're going to continue I, to be very be, angry. I'll be very angry about write, it. Write a strongly worded letter. <laughs> I will say something on the podcast. I guarantee it. <laughs> and of the of the ten thousand people that are going to be at Twickenham, or however many it ends up being, uh, how many of them will? What proportion of them will be the? Uh, what proportion of the hospitality guests will have been told? Sorry, we can't accommodate you. Funny enough, I went to Cell Shocks Hospitality the, the other day under the current rules, right? Uh, just walking through, um, and it felt just back to normal. Everything mm. felt back. It felt absolutely fantastic, actually. So I can answer that question. I imagine it'll be almost exactly back to normal. Mm. Almost exactly back. No, to no, normal. but none of them will have got the, uh, the no the phone call or the email saying, "Oh, by the way, you can't come now." Yeah, half, half. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point. I bet. I bet that. Why don't they ask that question? Someone should ask that question to Premiership Rugby tomorrow. Maybe I will. Mm. Maybe I'll give them a call. You're the kind of man to do so. Yeah, they do hate my calls. <laughs> Everyone I, hates your calls. Yeah, I don't know why they get these things wrong, you know. Like, <laughs> it's not, you know, why did you not check this? This would be the first thing that I'd check. How many people can have through the door? I, so I, I think from what I read, they were anticipating, and it had been given like an amber light to be a test event. So we, over the capacity of the current limit, but... They've withdrawn that for the as in it's a government decision to withdraw that for whatever reason the government have given. So it's not a thing has been taken out. Well, of Premiership I'm hands. sure if the government decided it, it's only based on pure evidence and oh, logic and course. is done absolutely, fairly, absolutely, absolutely right. And there's no reason to question it whatsoever. <sighs> right, there we go. Okay, uh, but yeah, well. Uh, oh, whatever. We've ended how we've ended. We've ended how we've ended. <laughs> well, and yeah. if you're still bloody listening, then you'll not be surprised hey, in the least anyway. YouTube numbers look pretty good, to be fair. So thanks, well, thanks for watching. we're on YouTube. Thank you for watching. Hit like before uh, the stream ends. Uh, make sure you're watching the week for, for more content that's coming your way. If you, if you are listening on the podcast, as most do, then thank you very much. Hit subscribe because coming your way will be Lions content. Premiership final content. We've got a Q&A pod on the way. We've got listeners emailing in quizzes and stuff. And by the way, that Will Greenwood Quinn shirt, if you've got a good reason why it should be you or someone you know getting it, then contact eggchasers at gmail.com. We're patreon.com forward slash eggchasers. Anything else? Uh, yeah, North Dorset Sevens, North Dorset Sevens, North Dorset Sevens. He's at JB more on Twitter. Let the boys play. Yeah, we also want North Dorset Sevens uh, players. So there. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.